Alright everybody, y'all know how much I love to commentate. Well, dig this. I just heard of a website where the AE podcast commentate on Beyond the Mat. Yeah, that's right. It's called selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. So who are the people purchasing the commentary track for Beyond the Mat over at selfie.com slash AE podcast? I will tell you. They're wrestling fans who are desperate to laugh. Mmm. Members of the Glad Gay community who are tired of sitting at home. Ho ho. And their nostalgic podcast fans in their sexual pram. The one thing they all have in common is they're all prowling selfie.com forward slash AE podcast looking for a hot three pound commentary track. So if you're tired of playing games, go to selfie.com slash AE podcast and get yourself a commentary track. Guys, do I need to spell that for you? Who ain't fantasizing about the AE podcast talking over beyond the mat? Ho! That's every smart mark stream. Purchase this now for three pounds and support the podcast and see why the Attitude Era podcast was recently voted the wildest commentary track in the world. How much more do you want from me? First, you take away my job. Then you bring this idiot out there and you take away my dignity. Then Monday night, you take me and you ruin my face. And I'll be honest, you are the best in the business right now because you are without a doubt the game. So it sends me to say that after the beating you gave me on Monday night, one thing mankind is not is ready to face you in a street fight at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden. But I think the WWF fans deserve a substitute in that match. What I'm going to do, Triple H, is I'm gonna name him right now. As a matter of fact, I think you know the guy. And I think you know him pretty damn well. His name is Cactus Jack. And his first official act is to kick your teeth all over the city of Chicago. Welcome to the Attitude Era Podcast, episode number 22. 22? 22. Goldberg! Why me? Why <laughs> me? Where are you? <laughs> yeah, 22. Do you know what the word frustration means, Adam? <laughs> we could go on all day with Intimidation. <laughs> However, once again, I'm the master and ruler of the world, Kevin Mash. Jeez. Joined as I am always by a man who has half the brain than you do. 
Mr. Adam Bibolo, or should I say Psycho Bibolo, has things... Good. Yeah. Until you just said I've got half the brain that they do. Yeah, but you're half the man that I am, so wow. that means you've got 0.25 the brain that you do. <laughs> that means i got a 33.3% chance uh, of winning. Yeah, that enough. You're saying I'm half the man that half my brother is? <laughs> <laughs> the references are just flying <laughs> back. We're fucking 30 seconds in. Well, can you tell we're excited for this one? Uh, how are you, Adam, anyway? Yeah. Giddy. Giddy Exc with excitement. Excited. Lot to say about excited. this Excited as you were probably when you were a wee lad about to watch this on Channel 4. Like, yeah, man. I, I remember watching this on Channel 4 and just being amazed that it was on free TV. It was yeah. awesome. Good First time. time ever. Well, there'll be chats about that later, of course. And joining me to my right, unquestionably the baddest man on the planet and the Millennium Man, Bill Justice. <laughs> Fuck. <laughs> Fucking hell. Alright. Are you well? Yeah, I'm not bad, are you? Yeah. So you can tell that you guys are clearly not Psycho Sid fans. The, the, the only thing I really know about him is he's done, done a break of his leg. <laughs> and, <laughs> and that he is an idiot. And, yeah. and Goldberg did a crush of his car. <laughs> yeah. Like. Yeah. Okay, so this is a big massive one, obviously. It's Royal Rumble 2000. We are fucking so jazzed for this one. Words can't describe it. Uh, well, first of all, before we get into the pay-per-view, I'm going to do a little, uh, you know, description of the magazine cover at the time. It was the January issue of WWF magazine. And all these are available on PaulDriverWrestling.net. You can check out their, uh, their archive. The illustrious magazine. archive. It's yeah. beautiful over there. Uh, this one's a bit shit. It's just it's just <laughs> no. Kane's mask with loads of fire behind it, and it just says, Kane's. No, no. <laughs> <laughs> Kane's burning desire. Obviously, it, I'm guessing it's Tori. Yeah, him and Tori having a sex. It should have been a big erect penis with fire behind it. With a cane mask on the head. <laughs> yeah. We've all done that. Kane's real burning desire. <laughs> and that's it then? That's it. Nothing. That is the only thing on the cover. That's it. Underwhelming. Boring, like, yeah. Magazine sales will take a nosedive for that one. Well, we've got obviously a lot of amazing things happening at the moment. First and foremost, it is the future. Welcome to the world of tomorrow. It is the year 2000. Not much has changed, but Chris Kresge is pretty damn fine at but I've tried to do a fucking a busted job. <laughs> I'm so knowledgeable Let's about this. Let's yeah. yeah. leave that. But yeah, I mean, it's, it's the future. The era of the web. It's, it's a great time to be alive as a wrestling fan. This show was shown for free on Channel 4. We'll talk about that deal later on. But I mean, for me, first and foremost, this was amazing because uh, for me being a wrestling fan in 98 and most of 99, it was like, you know, not many people had Sky. I think only like 20% of households had Sky back in the day. Mm. So it could actually watch wrestling. Yeah. And obviously yeah. people didn't have the internet uh, widespread. So it was very much a closed thing. And it went from that to, I remember distinctly on the playground, just seeing kids walk around going, bang, bang. I was like, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> like, what a time to be alive. Fucking WrestleMania 2000 on the N64 bone crunching WWF action figures yeah. and everyone loves wrestling and of course it happens to help as well that the product happens to be amazing mm. and you can now watch it for free on television so yeah amazing stuff indeed but a lot has changed though in terms of storyline we saw at the end of the last pay-per-view Stephanie joining forces with Triple H yes and we have a big change and a big shift in the fact that Vince and Shane who have been Jeez, they've been on the show like non-stop since Survivor Series 98. And Constant now, fixtures. Now they're nowhere to be seen. Mm. And the show has been run by Triple H and Stephanie. And what was cool about this was that, you know, at the time, I assumed that Stephanie, you know, I think we mentioned this, would be this kind of like, oh, anything for you, Triple H. This kind yeah. of like, very like, I don't know, like, 
she was going to be taken advantage of because she owned part of the company or whatever. Yeah. Mm. But uh, Stephanie, like, just in the month since Armageddon has just, evolved. Just as evil. Oh, my God. Like, this, like, in- insanely evil woman. Like, almost more evil than Triple H. They yeah. have all these segments where, like, her and Triple H would be, like, in the backstage area, like, booking the show. And Triple H would be like, hey, what if we had a handicap match? And it's like, yes, but what if we had a handicap match and, like, we had, you know, lumberjacks and someone got fired <laughs> afterwards? Like, Jesus, slow down. Like. Jezebel. <laughs> I think she might have been the first ever heel authority female figure in wrestling i wouldn't be able to say uh, one earlier than that I'm i mean there's think. only a handful nowadays so but it's weird like to see like the show revolve around a female character it's just strong yeah. I like and i thought she like for someone who for me i thought was like you know disney club kind yeah. of levels pure innocence and now she's she's awesome and yeah they're running roughshod it's now the mcmahon helmsy era or the mcmahon helmsy regime or the mcmahon helmsy faction they're interchangeable whichever one they yeah. feel like or the mcmahon helmsy regime as Eddie christian <laughs> once called it but uh, they're running the show they're booking and it's amazing it's, it's it's almost better than when the corporation were in charge mm. because Every single match on the card now, these guys are fucking around with. Like they're they're messing around with Edge and Christian. They're messing around with Kurt Angle. Like Triple H doesn't like Kurt Angle. And, yeah. You know they, they've the Mean Street Posse are like they're 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 kind of backup guys, and they've got DX are with them as well. And it's fucking just great to see the top to bottom. The show is like got this awesome theme. It's all tied finish. up. And all these horrible things have happened. The most notable of which we'll get into later, obviously, was Mick Foley being fired. Yeah. yeah. Uh, in a pink slip on a pole match in defiance of Vince Russo no longer being there. <laughs> we, we put something on a pole anyway. <laughs> pink slip on a pole match, Rock versus Mankind. Mankind got fired, but all was not lost because we now have the returning Cactus Jack. Yes. Who is now coming out to out of out of seemingly obscurity to fight the evil Triple H and fight for all the underdogs in Madison Square Garden is one of those critically acclaimed wrestling pay-per-views of not just the Attitude Era but all time it's Royal Rumble 2000 they call you Cactus Jack they call you Triple H King of the Death Match the WWF champion the myth that lost an ear in Munich. A man that will go to any length to win. Barbed wire scars, scars. C4 explosives, explosives, blood, sweat, and tears. You've maimed, crippled, and injured men your entire career. Some say you shoot from the hip. You will lose this street fight. I say you just shoot your mouth off. Some say you can't be beat. I am the game. I say I've played this game before and won. I am Triple H. I am Cactus Jack. Some call me sick and sadistic. I am the sickest SOB in the business. I call myself the World Wrestling Federation Champion. There will be no laughter, no regret, no no remorse. Live from New York's Madison Square Garden, the WWF Royal Rumble. Oh my goodness golly, that intro package. That was awesome. It was really good. I remember reading as a kid in Foley's book, you'd heard about like, oh, Japanese death matches, or like, oh, ECW, and yeah. barbed wire, and C4. They fucking show it here. Yeah, actual footage. That's so weird to see a WWE, like, fucking Terry Funk been thrown through barbed wire, C4 really boards. Camera. And they, yeah, yeah, it's like, I really love this this problem. I thought it was really awesome. No laughter, no regrets, no remorse. Oh man, it's just like, you're just taking things up a notch, because like, 
beforehand when we had like super serious promos like ah these are awesome because like it was so silly and over the top but this is actually just like it, it feels epic it's I'm, dramatic like real kind of i think what helps is that it starts off with them putting each other over as yeah, well definitely. like triple h is like you're cactus jack the hardcore legend like, you know really making out that he's a big deal they say your name is cactus jack and you live to fight <laughs> for fuck's sake. i say your name is cactus jack and you're a bastard <laughs> but no you're right it's it's awesome because so often was the case, and it even is now, where like, particularly like the bad guy is gonna be like, ah, oh, this guy's just, you know, he's nobody, he's nothing. Well, like the old saying goes is if you make your opponent out to be nothing and you beat him, what have you accomplished? You yeah. beat no one. Exactly. There, there's no uh, photoshopping uh, Cactus <laughs> Jack's face onto a, uh, a fat woman's body. Here. No, there's, there's <laughs> nothing of the sort. Like, there's no like humiliation. Like, And that being said, Triple H seems to be very concerned and scared about Cactus Jack. But the way you're putting over Cactus Jack, it's kind of like, well, no, Triple H isn't a coward. I'd be scared He's too. right to be scared of him, yeah. And I love as well the fact that, like, it's something they never do anymore, which is they're, they're referencing the city. Like, Foley's mm. like, I'm going to kick your ass in New York City. Oh, yeah. Like, oh, New York City. I love that. Like, yeah. they, 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 I know it's like a bit old school or kind yeah, of... Yeah, but it adds to the fight feel, yeah. doesn't it? Like, it makes it feel like it's an actual sporting event almost. Especially when it's at a place like Madison Square Garden. Yeah, yeah. of course. I think we talked about this before, like, kind of how all, all the arenas, like, homogenized now. You almost forget what city you're in. You can, yeah. you can only tell what city you're in these days, depending on how much the fans want to ruin the show. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so that's the only difference it but, makes. Like, here it's like no this is New York City it's steeped in tradition uh, so we cut to the sold out Madison Square Garden in my mind the best venue for wrestling ever yeah. perfect size yeah. spot on not too big not too small just, just right just right <laughs> yeah. exactly Jerry the King Lawler and Jim Ross welcome us that set I love this one yeah. just, oh it's simplicity. So one of my favourites definitely uh, just the, the New York taxi cab yeah. and just a small they just put it over the, the actual entranceway to the locker room they don't put up a big stage, so they've jammed in as many people as possible. Mm. We did WrestleManias there, they did, you know, big stages and take away like a thousand seats. But this, yeah. it's just there, like... there's, there's no gate where you can see everyone walking. SummerSlam, SummerSlam, yeah. Didn't have the, the gate which you had to close on the way back in case a horse came out, like <laughs> ruined your land. But we start things off, and good God, this is it started as you mean to go on this one. Starts off with Kurt Angle coming out, who's meant to be facing a yet-to-be-named opponent. And of course, the crowd know who it is, because yeah. everyone's there in New York City, and they're the all... The signs smart. are everywhere. I hadn't a fucking blues clue. And the thing was, I knew who Taz was. Yeah. And it's it's a massive shocker then, because I'm like, what? Duh, duh. Him? Him? Because yeah. I'd seen him on ECW tapes and stuff like that, and I didn't even know as a kid. Like, yeah. So this is one of the few times I was genuinely shocked as a kid. We have Kurt Angle taking on the debuting Taz. And we all know that if we wait for Patrick Ewing and the New York Knicks to bring home a title, we'd probably be waiting forever. Oh. We would. We would. It's true. So tonight, even if it's just for one night, I have decided to be your champion. Kurt Angle has some very unique views, does he not? He just cuts this amazing promo about it. So like, perfect. Such a heel does, does the uh, typical 
local sports team. But he puts the nice twist on it, though, doesn't yeah. he? He's like, I'll be your hero. Because I know it must suck to have a shitty sports team. Like, <laughs> I, I empathise. I'm still the goody here, guys. Like, but yeah, Angle is really like just coming to his own even more so now. He like tells his unnamed opponent you know, to, to give it his all. You know, Remember his three eyes, because I'm sure he must be nervous. <laughs> and, like, it's just brilliant. It's like the complete polar opposites. Dorky... You know, squeaky clean Kurt Angle, yeah. and all of a sudden that the orange light, this stout killer just comes out. Awesome. I distinctly remember not knowing who Taz was as a kid, and like, so when you heard the the heartbeat and you saw Taz come out, and everyone went wild. I was like, sorry, why am I meant to like, mm. you know? Yeah. But then he came out, and just like the second he was in the ring, I was sort of like, wait a minute, shit, no, this guy seems like a big deal. Yeah, he's like, a real deal. Such fucking presence. Just yeah. from the way the crowd reacted and the way he fucking looks, like just stood there with his arms folded, looking like a complete monster. This isn't a big deal to him at all. He can come no. in here exactly, and destroy yeah, Angle. Just gonna he flick him it. away. Yeah. Like, this was a massive deal for Taz. Obviously, um, well documented him leaving ECW just as ECW were getting on TV. He left the same time that Dudley's did. Mm. It was obviously quite difficult for him because, I mean, ECW was associated a lot with New York. He grew up in New York. Uh, there was a story that, like, before, like, literally before he went to the curtain, he rang, like, Paul Heyman, just as, like, you know, I have to know that you're cool with everything. Oh, really? And Heyman was, like, gave him his blessing. And, uh, oh, it's, oh, they talk about sweet. it. On, it's, it's really great. So, I mean, Whatever about Taz's actual WWF run we'll get into in the run of the podcast in terms of just a debut, mm. just in terms it's of him a, coming out. It's a great debut. It's oh, a perfect man. debut. This is how you debut a character. I love as well he comes out and there's some sort of fuck up with the microphone so then like the, the announcer's like that's the, the, and they can't say anything because yeah. Fink, Fink just goes playing 248 It's Taz! It's Taz! <laughs> I didn't know that was where this was from. Yeah. Because obviously I only know it through, from uh, Botchamania. Botchamania. Yeah. Um, it kind of ruined the soundbite for me though a little bit. Because <laughs> whenever I heard it, I thought it's going to be... A, if I had to ever see what it actually was, I was expecting it would be a big Taz run-in. Not just... <laughs> Taz walks out. There's about ten seconds of silence, and Jim Ross just goes, "It's Taz." <laughs> it's a bit, it's a bit out of place when you actually watch it on the pay per view. And I think we we mentioned this before as well with uh, with the Dudley Boys, and to an extent with Jericho. You can count on your hands the number of guys who come into WWF, same gimmick, same name, mm. same look, and the announcers are like. Oh, this guy's a big fucking deal. Yeah. Then when like Daniel Bryan comes to WWE, like, oh, he did all this stuff, but that doesn't matter. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. If you haven't done anything Who's in WWE, this kid? but now like we're in a period here where it's like, no, this guy's been in Japan and he's been in ECW, and that's actually a fucking big deal. Yeah. Well, I like that, that. It, well, it's at a time though where you can't really ignore it. Like when WCW guys come over, you have to. You can't just well, make the, him a new character. Well, all these guys are on. I mean, ECW's on national yeah. telly. Yeah. WCW's on national telly. It's stupid to you come. You can't just ignore know. it. Yeah. You can't just have Taz come up with a different name and a different gimmick. Well, you can if they're in TNA, but that's a different yeah. story. <laughs> <laughs> national TV, massive asterisks beside it. And we get ECW chance immediately. Straight away. Straight in, off the bat. In Madison Square Garden. That's fucking awesome. So it starts off. Kurt starts working over Taz. It is a showcase for Kurt to an extent, as well as Taz. Because Kurt, it started off when we first saw him doing, you know, the solid fundamentals, as we were saying. But in this match, we get to see a little bit more of that. What what becomes synonymous with Angle, the German suplexes, the, yeah. the, the kind of the snappy offense, the real kind of quick um, throws and stuff like that, which is awesome. We got a fucking top rope Tazplex early on. Jesus. I mean, it's only, <laughs> it's only like a four minute match. 
And ta- everything Taz does, it's like, okay, I haven't seen that before. Every yeah. single suplex is breathtaking. Like, each one is, like, ten times better than anyone else's suplexes, and he does about 30 in this yeah. one match. The fucking size of that man's legs as well. Yeah. Where he just, like, pops his hips, and, like, fucking Kurt Angle's, like, a foot and a half taller than him. He manages to muscle him over mm-hmm. off the top rope and, like, land perfectly. Insanity. Yeah, absolutely amazing. A sweet German suplex with a bridge by Kurt Angle, and then do we just get a sequence... Of amazing suplexes here. Taz was this flip German on Kurt, where Kurt actually moonsaults backwards. Yeah. Holy fuck! <laughs> Badass. Wrestling game moves. That's what that <laughs> yeah, is. Exactly. Like. Unbelievable. Then we get a T-bone plex from Taz, and then the Taz plex from Taz. Just like amazing, nonstop. The crowd are just thing at the mouth, and Jim mm. Ross is like, my God, like, and Jim Ross is calling all the moves as well, which makes it even better. Yeah. Then we get the Kata Hajime, the uh, illegal judo hold, the Taz mission, as it's been rechristened Ah, the Taz here. mission. And, uh, yeah, Kurt Angle is, like, seemingly passed out, and Jerry's like, that's a chokehold, it's illegal! And Kurt, hand goes down three times, Taz wins in his debut, seemingly ending Kurt Angle's undefeated streak. The streak. The, the per- streak. The perfect streak. You did it, Taz! <laughs> <laughs> you did it! <laughs> My ex-employee, Taz, <laughs> conquered that really bad streak. <laughs> perfect debut. Amazing. It's the perfect opening to a pay-per-view as well. Yes. Because we've had so many you know, opening matches which have just been shit. Yeah. Just been... Let's just throw out two, two guys we don't really care about. They'll do a 10-minute match. You Quick warm-up crowd. Do, yeah. You want a fast-paced match that's going to capture the crowd immediately. This is how you get out of the gates right big. here. Angle actually looks like he's dead here. He does. Yeah, like, he doesn't move. They put him on a stretcher. It's like, you know, it's very quiet, actually. The commentators, you know, do the sort of like, well... Kurt Angle is not regaining consciousness here, folks. And that like, makes Taz look like a killer. Absolutely. Well. A literal killer. Like, he's murdered him. He's the, the real athlete who just, you know, hulking his aside is, like, very much, like, apparently untouchable in the ground game in WWF. And this guy Taz comes in and chokes him out. Like, like that. Like that. Yeah. I will say right now, take a mental snapshot of amazing, awesome Taz because... For my money, anyway, this is, that's it. Like, yeah. he never comes within an ass's roar of, of this ever again, which is fucking really depressing. Yeah, it's a shame because that was so promising. What a great start. Because everyone was like, you know, with the Dudleys when they came over from ECW, I was like, oh, they'll fuck him up. Yeah. And it just got better and better and it better. It got better and better and better. And, you know, when the Dudleys first debuted, you probably could say, oh, they're going to fuck him up because they're doing the stuttering and all yeah. that stuff. Taz comes in and people are like, oh, they're going to fuck him up. And they have this debut, which is like, Okay, no, that's silence. Nothing to worry anyway. about. Yeah. yeah, and like within, like next night in Raw, he fought like Mean Street Posse. Oh, jeez. And it's weird. They tried to do a thing with Taz where it was like, let's feed a load of undercard guys to him, like lower guys, like hardcore division guys, jobbers. The idea was to think to, to so Taz could kill guys. But then all of a sudden it's like, wait a second, I'm feuding with these guys now. And I'm oh, in the lower card, God, you yeah. know? And that's kind of He's what happens. muddled in with the rest of them. Yeah, I mean, where Taz goes from here, I mean, he does have a few awesome moments, you know, throughout his career. Mm. But, like, it is sad. Started know? off peaking, I guess. Yeah, yeah. He, really, he really did peak as he debuted. Backstage, Mickey C is with Terry and the Hardy Brothers. Jesus Christ, these three were together for way longer than I thought. Sorry, can I just start off by saying, did you, uh, any of you catch how Michael Cole introduced like this segment here? <laughs> it literally cut from Kurt Angle leaving a quiet arena on a stretcher and like Jim Ross being like, we'll, uh, we'll try and get some more information about, the, uh, information about the condition of Kurt Angle as soon as we can, folks. And it just cuts back to Michael Cole backstage and goes, well, Kurt Angle might not be the only superstar leaving on a stretcher. Here, <laughs> a man just died! <laughs> Damn it, Cole! <laughs> 
seriously, Cole's not going to be going back to the announcer's desk anytime soon if he carries on here. Yeah, but fucking hell, Jeff Hardy's promo here. Michael, we are going to go out there and tear the roof off of Madison Square Garden. Terry, I've no! You think we're going to let you go out there tonight? Do you realize how violent this is going to be? No! Oh my oh. god. Terry, no! <laughs> it is, it's exactly what it is. It's like, Terry, no! Do you think we're letting you out there tonight? I made you a superstar. <laughs> it's the law. <laughs> that was the fucking shit, Jeff. Yeah, he sucks. Not Jeff. a talker, is he? No, not well, at all. Oh, here we are, like, what is it, fucking 300 years later in TNA, and he's flying around Mary Poppins cutting With an umbrella. Sh- <laughs> cutting shit promos still. Like. I, I mean, Jeff Hardy, he can't cut a promo. No, he can't. He can't talk. You know? But it's nice to know he started at the very, very bottom. And he maintained it. Yeah. And he managed <laughs> he managed to become in like 2007, 2008, arguably one of the most popular wrestlers, yeah. if not the most popular Crazy wrestler over. in in the whole world. And still be the drizzling shits <laughs> on the microphone. Matt is like just Matt seems like he's amazing just by comparison to Jeff. Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. He's just better by default. But, yeah, they've got a tables match coming up. The idea is that they don't want Terry coming out. Mm. Obviously, it would be weird for the tables match and Terry who's taking part in a bikini contest later on is just there in a robe. So, I mean, yeah, safety is obviously the main concern, but common decency as well is obviously going to be weighing on everyone's mind. Common decency in the Attitude Era. <laughs> Excuse me. All right, coming up next. Fuck me, I am... Uh, oh my god, amazing. I tables forgot this match. match was on this pay-per-view, yeah. The first ever tag team tables match. The Dudley Boys taking on the Hardy Brothers. Goodness gracious me, the Dudley Boys, they come out and straight away, you notice there's been a big change. Dudleys are wearing camo. Mm. Yep. Dudleys are serious. We cut to recaps on Raw where they've just been decimating people with tables. And it was great because, I mean, they came from ECW as like, just the most evil heels ever. And they came into WWF and they're like, duh, 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 yeah. duh, duh. and you know, they did that for a bit. But now it's like, okay, fuck it, let's just go and do the evil stuff. They're getting their claws back. And they're so intense, they're so evil. Like, Bubba Ray stutters a little bit in his little promo mm. here, but he's still like, there was, he, he just morphs into this amazing character, Bubba Ray. There's like, he's putting people through tables, and Jim Ross is like, are oh, these damn Dudleys? Because like, putting people through tables is like, considered at the moment to be like, you're going to end someone's career yeah, if you do that. Yeah, it's dangerous. Like, yeah, the, the splinters, the corners. <laughs> I have vivid memories of watching episodes of Raw around this time. And Jim Ross is on commentary, like, going bright red, going, Don't damn Dudleys, I can't believe what they do. And Bubba Ray's right in the face going, What are you going to do, old man? What are you going to do? I'm going to put everyone through a table. What are you going to do? Oh, my God. Just, like... Just showing that they can get that heat and be that evil without like mm. calling everyone horrible names and dropping f bombs if they're yeah. in ECW. Yeah. But yeah, new look for the Dudley Boys. They've got the um, camouflage gear mm. now. Yeah. Do you, what do you think of this compared to the tie dye? Oh, so much better. You it's can't so, have two yeah, serious so, killers wearing tie dye. They look so lame before. I thought. Yeah, well, I still like the tie dye shirts, but they're sort of like more silly kind of Dudley Boys. This is yeah. like okay, these lads are actually you know worth a damn. Yeah, New Jack believed that this was a, a slice slash rib on him. Really? It, it wasn't because uh-huh. New Jack wore camo. Did he pants. invent camo? He did. Oh, I see. <laughs> <laughs> Guerrilla warfare owes a great deal to you, New Jack. Thank you, sir. Like we get a sign: Dudley Boys are s- 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 stupid. Hey. That's <laughs> Did anyone brilliant. figure out what the uh, again? It's another your local sports team reference at the start here. Bubba, uh, you know, making fun of some local baseball person. Yeah, and went right over my Sunday afternoon. Head. He just says something like, you know, he just takes the piss out of this baseball player, and then Jr. just goes, "Good grief!" 
that's as tasteless as you can be. <laughs> like, you're so deeply offended by it. Like, someone please explain it to me on Twitter. I need to know what it is. Yeah, no, that's true. Uh, 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 we're getting this quite a lot now with these promos. You'll find it again with Edge and Christian and Kurt and everyone. The, the Your local sports team promo features quite heavily. Yeah. Could be a Kresge thing. Maybe, knows? perhaps. Uh, serious ECW vibe tonight. We got this kind yeah. of like gritty arena, hardcore matches, hard hitting action, Taz, Dudley boys. I'm fine with that. This is great by me. No, it's great. Yeah, no, I think everyone was like always goes on and says that like WWF lifted heavily from ECW in '98 and '99. I don't know. I think 2000 was really we're one month in and it already looks it that really way. It really just yeah. feels a lot more like. Uh, there's never been a moment some... during our, the run of the podcast so far where I thought, well, that's ECW. Yeah, but I've now, really, now, yeah. yeah, definitely, yeah, definitely, definitely. Fast and Furious action to start. The chemistry between these four men is absolutely brilliant. Just the again the combination of the high flying Hardys with the the stiff bruising Dudley boys. Mm. These guys like I don't think. I've ever seen them have a bad match. Never. And it's impossible. That is like saying something considering these guys probably wrestled each other if not once they wrestled a thousand times. Yeah. Amazing stuff. So the objective of the match is to put both of your opponents through a table. They get very inventive early on as well which I like about this is instead of just like beating the guy up and they're like I'm going to put you through a table now and the match ends which is where most table matches go mm. uh, they'll have like early on there's like a table set up like a big back body drop but Matt will push the table out yeah, of the way in the last safe. second and real like nail biting stuff like some sick chair shots here though oh especially to Bubba Ray Bubba takes a mean chair shot doesn't the he the Dudley boys can sell a chair shot like nobody's I, business I'm, I'm surprised he didn't get a concussion I mean like I, I, I listened to Jericho's podcast with his most yeah, recent recently, one with, with, Bubba, had, yeah. with Bubba Ray and he talks about how he had a match with Jericho and he got so concussed that he had to ask Jericho how to climb a ladder Fucking that's how bad he was and he didn't know like he kept asking like where his parent his mother was and his mother like died like a month ago oh, and he kept, they kept telling him and he kept bursting into tears in hospital and stuff so like it properly shows you how bad but like, it can be I always wonder with this if people people always kind of go oh this is like kind of what they were told to do and whatnot. I really don't think that's the case I think this is these guys thinking well this is what we have to do yeah to get over. To get over. Yeah. Now, looking back now, hindsight 2020, with the benefit of, you know, 14 years of, <laughs> of concussions and testing yeah. and several breakthroughs, I'm not saying I condone this, but it worked. It did yeah. work. Yeah. It worked like fucking crazy. It looked spectacular. Oh my, Jeff Hardy can throw a fucking chair. Jesus oh, yeah. Christ. Yeah. I do like just like, I cringe every time I see them, but it just kind of, it takes you on that roller coaster ride I suppose in the in the match gives you a greater appreciation I mean like of just what wrestlers are willing to do as well yeah. I mean, sure they didn't know about the seriousness of concussions back then but that's got to fucking hurt there is yeah. no way around that the pain must be excruciating definitely yeah Bubba Ray clonks Jeff with a table amazing spot where Bubba's laid out on the table Jeff tries to run the barricade Bubba gets up and just fucks it right just, in his just face just throws a ch- oh, table so out so amazing uh, I like as well the Dullies and the Hardys something which really grabbed a lot of the, my friends who are watching for the first time here is that again a lot of us had the uh, you know the ultimate warrior Hulk Hogan you know old timey trunks big steroid man that kind of the easy to mock vision of a wrestler yeah. and here you've got like really like the Hardys have got like multiple color hair like re- they're cool looking guys for nine, you know for 2000s they, look, they looked really cool well, it's very 2000 yeah. yeah they're really cool and the Dudley's got glasses and they were camo and like fat. yeah it's like really atypical looking wrestlers it's like you know they're all in amazing shape don't get me wrong but just, mm. I like just the looks of these guys yeah. everyone looks different but still yeah the, the, the variety it has the same kind of variety as the Hulk Hogan era 
but it's a lot darker, like you're saying, much grittier and kind of, again, more real, I think, which is what the attitude is all about in the first place. Definitely. So. Ladder comes into play, some six spots with the Hardy Brothers taking this out. This match essentially becomes a TLC match. Pretty yeah. much. Tables, ladders and chairs come into it, you know, quite quite, <laughs> quite early. Devon and Matt climb the ladder, and then Matt and Jeff smash Bubba Ray Dudley through a table. They both dive off at the same time. Yeah. Mm. Absolutely amazing. Just the... I've always been amazed with the Hardys. It'll, they make it look easy at the fact they manage to land at the same time. In sync, every time. Now, yeah. if you've watched Rob Van Dam and Sabu attempts, <laughs> you know, you know, you, you can't tell how quickly you're going to... They just, I don't know. They're that's just, practice. That's They've practice. obviously done this so many times. They, they definitely. That's what comes from eating a lot of grapes, man. Holy, <laughs> holy shit chance come after the first ta- uh, table spot of the night, which is amazing. I always love a good holy shit chance. You're hearing them a lot this year. Devon gets some sick chair shots. He does the whole thing where like he scrunches his arms in together and starts twitching and all that fucking hell mind numbing stuff Bubba's just walking around like he has no idea where he is just lost. it's amazing he's just like glassed over he's like pawing at people yeah. he, there, he's still technically in the match because you know he's allowed to try and put some parties through it yeah amazing spot as well so here's quick time event Devon's laid up on a table and Matt dives off he's like whoa press left <laughs> smash and then there's another one whoa press yeah! left smash like do Shenmue vibe off this thing <laughs> Devon Dudley will not be hit with football tonight like stairs come into the ring a fucking super table Table set up by the Dudley boys. They set it's, up the ring steps at a table it, on top it's of It's so scary whenever I see, whenever you see that at all. That always, it always sends a shiver down my spine because it's got to hurt no matter what happens mm. on this. It, it's just like I think it's just kind of the spectacle of it almost. I don't know if it actually would hurt because it's you know that much further up. But it just looks... There's just, there's just a it's chance metal, of hitting though. the metal. Oh, yeah. I suppose, yeah. It's the metal. You know, this is the kind of setup I used to do with my wrestling figures uh, all the time, you know. <laughs> definitely uh, go for the, the ring steps with the table on top, definitely. Yeah. Top row powerbomb by Bubba Ray Dudley to Matt through the table. Fuck me, you know what? If, if I know that I have literally an hour left to live in this world... I swear to God, this is true. I just want to watch an hour-long compilation of Bubba Ray doing top rope powerbombs through tables. <laughs> Fuck me, it's just brilliant. Yeah. Like on set to like I don't know, Ode to Joy or something like that. <laughs> I would have the best time ever. Oh my God, what a spot! <laughs> it's great uh, when they're setting up the thing, and as Matt is going through this terrifying like off the top rope, Jim Ross just goes, "There's gonna be some erection destruction here tonight." <laughs> <laughs> we gotta appropriate that phrase at some point. Definitely, yeah. <laughs> erection destruction. The guys head into their towards the crowd. They go up to you know over the balcony near the entrance. Four tables are set up. This is amazing. The first tables match, and they're already going whole hog. Like, yeah, yeah. It's really setting the standard. And you'd think that this would be them burning out and you know using all their ideas in one match, but this is like the first time we're going to see this happen, and it's going to happen an awful lot in the next two years. But Ray Dudley and Jeff head up into the balcony. Such an ECW feel. This whole thing, just the crowd all around them, mm. like guys kicking and screaming, like. Two chair shots and a nut shot. Bubba Ray Dudley goes flying backwards. That sweet nesty plunge. Amazing. Backwards through the tables. Matt gets Jeff to put Devon on top of the table. And Jeff just up on top. Swanton bomb. Devon on the table. Jeff Hardy. Don't do it, Jeff. Don't do it. Oh, my God. A Swanton bomb from the balcony. And Devon Dudley has just been driven through the table. A thing of beauty, like, and uh, yeah, Devon is eliminated. The Hardy Boys win a spectacular 
breathtaking match. Glorious. Yeah. Unbelievable. Absolutely brilliant. And honestly, this is a pay-per-view that's got like, you know, a lot of very memorable matches on it. And, you know, everyone's like, oh, TLC and the original, you know, the original ladder match always gets taped a lot. And WrestleMania. But for me, this is one of my favourites. I don't yeah, know what it is. Great. It's great. Yeah. Oh. I think it's often overlooked because... It is just a tables match, but like you say, it may as well be a TLC because that's what yeah. it is, really. But they're so inventive with yeah. it. I kind of prefer this hardcore kind of style as opposed to the, you know, as much as like the big, long 10-minute backstage brawls we were getting with Fighting Snow. in the river. Well, this is more inventive. Like, you know, the, the hardcore brawls, you can say they're inventive because it's like, oh, let's see if we can use these different weapons and everything. But it, it essentially boils down to, I'm going to pick this up and hit you with it, yeah. then I'm going to pick up this and hit you with it. Gimmick A, the, gimmick B. This yeah. is like, what can we do with tables and ladders and, you know, use them in all these different ways. It's very easy to suspend one's disbelief and get, a, you know, a touching fan who's like, oh, yeah, wrestling, right, you know. Yeah. And you see guys falling off, you know, balconies and ladders, smashing through tables, like, and, you know, it's times like that when, like, you know, a lot of naysayers, a lot of new fans who'll be watching this mm. are kind of like, Fuck me, you're yeah. Instant right. like, These guys yeah. are tough. Yeah, amazing stuff. Hardy Boys win. Uh, you know, we get Hardy Chance here tonight. The but the Dudley Boys have come into their own. The Hardy Boys have come into their own. Same can be said for Edge and Christian. Yeah. Your, your tag scene has arrived, gentlemen. Out fucking standing. And it wasn't even for the belts. No, no. It was just a tag match. That's just a tag match with other teams in the division. Well, let's just hope that the uh, the tag team champions tonight, they uh, <laughs> put on an equally good show yeah, to show sure that they, they deserve those belts. Yeah, New Age Outlaws are like, oh, well, she gives it, it's done. <laughs> <laughs> we'll get that reaction. We'll do it in 90 seconds. <laughs> Backstage, Kurt Angle is with the trainer and he's all like, oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, did I win? Did I win? I don't know. He choked you out. That means I didn't win. I'm still undefeated. Yeah, and it goes on to actually they do do a thing where Kurt manages to get it overturned because it was technically illegal. Right. And Rock ends up beating Kurt Angle clean over the summer. But in, you know what? That's the end of the streak there. Yeah, yeah I, think, I think most people can kind of... <laughs> can agree that that was kind of the end yeah. I do love that. Like, that Angle's like his main concern. It's like... You know, he's like, damn it, you know, I was bested by this like, amazing athlete. He's like, no, he cheated. <laughs> you can imagine him in the Olympics. Like, no, he cheated. Like, you know, brilliant. Oh, good God almighty. Coming up next. Fuck's sake. It's the first and last annual, a term which is thrown around very freely, <laughs> an, an annual Miss Rumble bikini contest. I had a friend who was like, in 2001, 2002, 2003, was like, Fuck's sake, when's the next Miss Rumble? <laughs> you, can't, you can't set up this amazing tradition and not follow through on it. Like, it's not the Oscars, mate. It's a bunch of women walking around. Naked. <laughs> Alrighty, we got our panel of judges. Sergeant Slaughter. Tony Gonorrhea. <laughs> For fuck's sake. Fuck him, like, seriously. Mula, who gets a fucking pretty forcible kiss from a fan coming out. Did you see that? Yeah. yeah. Guy's like, little weird. Yeah. Kiss me. I like, I don't know, uh, tell me, I wouldn't be surprised that Moolah goes beats the shit out of that guy. <laughs> Seriously, do not fuck with Moolah. She's hardcore, like. Oh, and here we go. Classy Freddy Blassie. What's Ooh, he doing here? Nice. Stand up <laughs> for the Miss Rumble contest. <laughs> it's amazing. We The last time we saw Freddy Blassie in any capacity was like narrating ancient scripture. Yeah. Now he's going to go and rate boobs. Even though we fully know his dick don't work no more. Ah. <laughs> I mean, come on, like, you know. 
Johnny Valiant comes out as well. He's got a nice jumper. I think my dad actually had the same jumper. <laughs> and, and, and then we then we see someone who wasn't introduced as a formal judge. Yeah. Andy Richter of Conan. Why? Um, what the fuck is going on? Well, he looks so bored as well. <laughs> yeah. like, I wish I wasn't here. He is a, he is a massive wrestling fan, Andy Richter. Like, he, really? he did a couple of bits for Conan where he went to like, the Cauliflower Club in like, the late 90s and stuff like that. But uh, some point now on Twitter, Retro Sinister said, Sid may control the world, but Andy Richter controls the universe. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, it is quite strange to see um, Andy here tonight. Yeah, very strange. And we got all these judges, a very odd panel, but they don't like do anything really with the, the judges. So We have all of our judges in place, obviously. Yeah. They're going to do the judging, mm. but we need someone to sort of lead the whole thing. We need some sort of master of ceremonies. Mm. So, yeah, so Who would like to run a bikini contest <laughs> in the WWF? Show of hands. Like, is anyone up for this right now? Show of boners. More <laughs> like, 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 come on. <laughs> Fink introduces... Uh, our friend Joey the King Lawler up to think. And then, you know, he's very nice to Joey. He says, here you go, you are now in charge. And then King just says, Finkel likes inflatable women. Yep. To everybody. Rude. And you can see... <laughs> to everybody. To like everybody. sharing a secret. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like, I told you about secrets. God damn it. Sorry, Jerry is like so excitable here. He's like bouncing around the ring like, you know Freakazoid where he like goes in like electricity. He's like... Yeah, or like the around. mask spinning around. Mm. That is Jerry here. He's so excited. He is so excited. Okay, here's our, our lineup for tonight. Ivory, who comes out wearing a fleece and wrestling boots. I was going to say she came out on a So mat. funny. Oh, fucking amazing. Good on you, Ivory. I fucking love Ivory. This is brilliant. And that, that's amazing, yeah. Terry comes out um, being Terry. I'm sorry, it's just weird to try and like, view her as like a sex object after all the storylines they've done with yeah. her. It's like you've kind of, you've ruined that. Like for, I'm not going there. Uh, Jacqueline, who gets like such fewer cheers than Cricket. everyone else. Just crickets. It's so sad. It's, there's nothing more awkward than a woman in a bikini and no one makes any like yeah. reaction at all. Fucking hell. Baby comes out as well to like pure silence. Yep. <laughs> wow, her, her push went well, didn't it? Yeah. <laughs> but like, again, we, we've made it very clear, like, you know, our, our feelings of the fact that most of their, their women's division is eye candy. Yeah. But what does it say for your women's division when, like, they're not even over as eye candy? Yeah. Yeah. This is as, like, fucking blatant as it gets for being eye candy. It's, like, it's a look, bikini concert. Baby, here she, look at her breasts. And people are like, yeah. Wrestling. There is, is no value to you in that yeah. sense. Like, good guy. Like, even by their standards. But anyway, Luna comes out oh. and gets actual booze. But that's I, I, think I that's love great. That. I think that's great for her. I love that Luna just like she looks so pissed off. Yeah, yeah, lowered herself to this level. Like, yeah, her and Ivory somehow managed to tap into some sort of like they went into promo land in their heads or whatever and managed to tap into some sort of disgust at what was being done. Amazing. I don't know how they managed it's to pull they it off. express some sort of like character about themselves. <laughs> it's almost as if they didn't want to be there. Adam, <laughs> they have some sort of. Gimmick, if you will. <laughs> what? <laughs> Alert the authorities. And then the cat comes out. She just gets like... I'll never understand why the cat was was as over as she was. Oh, I'll tell you why. Because she, she took her top off in the last pay-per-view. That's why. Because people think, oh, she's going to do it again. Do it again. That's exactly it. Actually, funny enough, this segment we're going through right here is like the Channel 4 era like almost ended as soon as it began with this show here tonight. Yeah, it was like, playing it risky, wasn't it? Yeah, well, I mean, one of the reasons why Channel 4 got to pick up a lot of the shows was that uh, Sky were actually hoping to offload some of the WF pay-per-views because they were feeling that the content was getting too risky. Mm. Particularly Armageddon 99, they were very upset that they weren't told that that was going to happen. Mm. And uh, they were really upset that they showed, like, uncensored nudity, you know, even though it was at, like, four in the morning or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, like, they were all up for, like, Channel 4 getting these pay-per-views and... 
Channel 4, yeah, fucking a rocky road, like, uh, in terms of how they handle this whole thing. This is the beginning of it. Like, they really didn't like the depiction of women. They didn't realize that wrestling was as violent as it was. Mm. And two of the main sticking points they said earlier on was this segment here and the match we just saw and also the street fight later on. I thought it was too violent and too sexual. Well, what a start, then. Yeah. Here's the fucking thing. If you're what, a Channel what, 4 executive... What's your fucking pay-per-view? Yeah! <laughs> what's the one before? Is- <laughs> the month before? <laughs> You might think seeing four women in a pool might mm, that might be your cup of tea. Yeah. Do you want to uh, do you want to just slap on one of these wrestling shows before you actually you know sign the paperwork? Nah, <laughs> that'd be right, wouldn't it? Sight unseen, like you know, it's a foolish man who builds their house on a ca- on a on a plane of sand. Channel Four. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Ivory starts off. She is a prude. Takes off her fleece. Looks upset. Terry just like. Bends over and you can see her insides. <laughs> Jacqueline dirty dances. Ah, oh, yeah. basically a porn audition. It's fucking horrible. <laughs> just like I'm not saying horrible in terms of like I'm judging the quality of the performance. <laughs> and this is just like I felt so uncomfortable. So yeah, uncomfortable. I want to watch wrestling. <laughs> Luna refuses to uh, to remove her her gown and like cuts a promo to Jerry Lawler and Jerry. Yeah. I thought that was awesome. Yeah. Um, Phoebe takes hers off and oh my god and. <laughs> And do you hear what King said? They may call me the Burger King, but she's got the double whoppers. And <sighs> here's the thing. I've said, you know, if you're going to be so gung-ho and insist on making your women come out and parade around for a bikini contest, you know, Luna managed to do a little something, mm. you know. Even, uh, you know, uh, Terry, in some extent, managed to get some semblance of character over BB had all afternoon to think of something to do, and she literally just stood there yeah. with her mouth open, looking like she'd been caught in the headlights. So a little bit draw coming out of her mouth. Yeah. Uh, Most vacant person on the roster. Like, put on a hat or something. Like. <laughs> Jacqueline had a hat. She yeah! Had a hat. yeah. <laughs> Fucking try, like. Jesus <laughs> Christ in heaven. Uh, Miss Kitty then has a she's bubble wrap bikini. Um, so there Ooh. you go. It's meat market status quo stuff, but... I would, in ranking horrible shit, because people keep going like, oh, this is the lowest the attitude area gets in terms of like what they do with the women. I'd rank this above what we saw last month solely because Luna and Ivory got to... You know, yeah. There was yeah. a little sense of, look, look, they're different. Yeah, in, slightly in some more ways. purpose than just, let's chuck four women in the pool. Yeah. yeah. Then, of course, oh, yes. here yeah. comes the real uh, incident that, uh, that everyone remembers this one for. May Young makes her way out. Um... I didn't know about this. Oh, I've heard about this. No. Ne- ne- oh, Billy, we should have ne- warned you. I've ne- never heard of this. I mean, when I said on Twitter I was going to watch it on the day I watched it, I did I did get people say, skip the bikini match, mate. Seriously, skip it. That I was, was like, uh... I've got to watch the whole pay-per-view. I'll watch the whole pay-per-view. As soon as May starts walking out, I knew what was going to happen. <laughs> Freddie, wait a minute. You know what? I think May's... No. May, she's on zipper top. Wait a minute, May. No, no, oh, no. God, May has on zipper top. Like, this is just, like, really weird. That, that is exactly... I mean, it's funny, like, but it's weird. Like, really weird. It's so strange. It's yeah. only Vince McMahon found this entertaining. Only Vince McMahon. Oh, surely. Because, like, only Vince in his mind is, like... It's like if Vince was directing a porno, right? Yeah. And he's the director, and he's, like, right there in front of the two people making love or whatever. He's like, yeah. 
Yeah. And then all of a sudden he comes in with a chainsaw going, ah! <laughs> <laughs> like, and then, he, then he's like, ah, it's the best thing ever. <laughs> Only Vince McMahon can think that this is, one, appropriate, or two, entertaining. I found it funny. It's so weird. That's it's why so I find it funny. Sorry, Mae Young takes her top off. Yeah. And, the, and and we get the worst censoring of anything I've ever seen. It's the big not even trying. Up, right? it's, it's, it's not even trying. It's like one of those when you have uh, when like the the blurred bubble that just like moves around. It's <laughs> <laughs> like which I know they've tried to motion capture it, but done it really badly. Now May wasn't actually topless. She was wearing like it was like a, she was wearing a work it was, boot. It was, yeah, it was a uh, it was I a did, work. I thought I thought work it was boot. I thought it was, I thought you, it was you, shoot. You thought they were shoot boots. I, I thought they were shoot boots. Yeah, no, it was uh, the whole thing was it was a massive uh, a massive ruse. Mm. Um, now there's a couple of things about this. I think again, yeah, I don't believe this is like, oh, this is the lowest of the low or whatever. Because again, it's so weird and yeah, it's just like it's fucked up. Like it's yeah. it's Vince, like, and I couldn't help but laugh to an extent. I suppose they do this thing where it's like, yeah, look how sexy all these women are, and they're like, oh, and a naked old lady as well. Yeah. WWF, we're unpredictable. <laughs> Anything could happen. The one thing I will say about this is because I think a lot of people are kind of like, oh, how dare they? That poor woman. Like, oh, this, I'm sure May was well up for this. All I'm saying is, uh, anyone who says that does not know fucking Johnny May Young. Yeah. As in she was cigar, cigar chewing, fucking man fighting. <laughs> put sardines down her underwear when she found out she had to give Eric Bischoff a Bronco Buster one time just because. <laughs> and I have a funny feeling that, yeah, I don't think it was like Vince Man going, you're going to go out there and strip you old bitch. You know, it's not that. I mean, no, just, not just, just, just look at the bumps she's taken. <laughs> like that's oh not, you ain't seen nothing yet know, really. but, but so the, far the that's not even that's not like them forcing something on her she's clearly game for anything she's a willing woman I just think it's so funny because you gotta imagine the channel 4 people who are like this is a big show for them it's a big show for WWF as well they're in every UK home technically mm. that's amazing like to get that kind of reach yeah and this immediately you must be thinking, what are you thinking, guys? Yeah. Red like, flags. Red flags all around. And this led to a lot of a lot of friction with Channel 4 and WWF. The pay-per-views that would come after this, they only ran maybe like five five to ten more. And uh, they would do things like they would censor stuff. Around, like They would just freeze frame it. If they, Whoever was in charge like, this is an appropriate person. They'd freeze frame for like ten minutes on a Jesus. live pay-per-view. Fucking at hell. At three in the morning. Like wow. a, guy, a guy would, ble- I remember once watching, there was a guy was bleeding. And then they like they blur it like like cops they digitize like the whole screen for fuck's sake and it's like you know there's a watershed for the reason in the UK yeah that yeah. you can show that stuff Seriously. I think they thought they were getting like World of Sports or like they thought they were getting Hogan's classy kind of like yeah. yeah but it's just like what a bad way to like handle the situation instead of like going to WF kind of going hey could you give us a heads up if you want to do something like this. No, they go out instead and uh, they start editing the shows. And like one of the, one of the pay-per-views, they put on a 15-minute delay and they would put ads in the middle of the pay-per-view. Yeah, I remember that. You'd miss matches, yeah. finishes. It, from here on out, the Channel 4 WWF experience became something of a bleak affair. Sadly. Sadly. Yeah. Big Mark comes out. He looks so upset. Poor Mark, who is now in a relationship with May. And we only Great know where story. this is going to go. Yeah, it, uh, it started quite beautifully. It was him and May, you know, decided to start to date. They ended up double dating. It was... This is so weird. Mark Henry and Harvey Whippleman double dating with Moolah and Mae Young. And this whole thing where, like, Moolah would, like, carry Harvey Whippleman around in her arms like he was a baby. <laughs> and, like, it's so... Again, like, Vince McMahon. Vince surely. McMahon yeah. is like, this is genius. Fucking hell. Whatever about Vince Russo needing a filter, Vince McMahon needed a fucking filter. What is going on? Like? So, 
The bikini so, contest. Done and dusted. We put that behind us. Well, now. we did we get don't a know, winner. We don't know who won. We got a winner. Oh, I forgot it goes on for like another ten minutes after May comes. Well, out, yeah, as, as as poor old Sergeant Slaughter runs around yeah. trying to catch her, like, but yeah, May May wins. Yeah, unanimous. There you go. <laughs> and uh, instead of any of the women look acting angrily, Terry just like grinds and bends over loads. It's like. What are you trying to do? What are you doing? Go away. You know. Just go. The crowd's reaction to this was just priceless. Jerry reacted to May removing her top like his horcrux was being destroyed. <laughs> <laughs> May wins. Oh shit! WWF New York! Oh hell yeah! Oh shit! Jonathan Coachman! Uh oh. <laughs> Oh I, my god. I remember Coach, unfortunately. Do you yeah. remember WWF New York or was it gone by the time I think it was gone when I was watching it. Yeah. Holy fucking god, I did a little research on this bad boy today. You know how much money they wasted to this giant hole? $36 million. Fucking hell! Fucking hell. WWF New York was essentially meant to be Planet Hollywood, it was in Times Square. Prime real estate, the idea being that, you know, Times Square was becoming very, like, Disney-esque and, mm. and whatnot. People thought it was too clean and, like, oh, boom, counterculture, attitude. Come here, you, they'd show the, the pay-per-views, they'd show Raw, SmackDown. Superstars are going to appear, like, every fucking pay-per-view going, Hi, I'm not booked tonight. <laughs> you want to see Billy Gunn or Hardcore Holly in 2001? This is the place to be. This is the place to do it, baby. <laughs> yeah, apparently the food was awful. Uh, the service was awful, um, but like it was really expensive. Uh, apparently, it, one of the main problems about it was that they refused to show. They wouldn't show boxing. They wouldn't show football games. They'd only show except the XFL. Oh, that's interesting. More on that later in a later episode. Yeah, it was doomed to failure in so many respects. So was it was it like a bar? It was a bar grill slash. You can buy a lot of shit. So, so it's, it's planning plan Hollywood. Hollywood. Yeah. yeah. Well, there's not a pay per view on or a raw. You just go in there and you have your dinner. You can go in there, have your dinner. That's like, it. Really expensive. Shit burger. Pathetic. Like, so it's exactly like Planet Hollywood. So I've been to Planet Hollywood and it's fucking terrible. What are they, they're open anymore, are they? I don't know. Well, Because I know this was like a big thing at the time. Like These kind of like massive kind of like, oh, it's like an event going out for a burger yeah. kind of thing. We can charge you $50 for it. And no, you can't. It, it was one of these things. It was, just, it, was, it was a bubble that was waiting to burst. It burst, yeah. it did. It lasted for a few years. 2003, I believe, is when they finally stopped. Right. I took over by the Hard Rock Cafe afterwards. They've been back, though, since for like press conferences. Like WrestleMania 29, they did the press conference in. Oh, really? What was. Oh, that's cool. WWF New York. And of course, in SmackDown, here comes the pain. You could fight in WWF yeah, New York. Yeah, I remember that. Was, that was, that was awesome. awesome. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, we'll be seeing a lot more of this. Jonathan Coachman needs no Kevin Kelly. No. no. You're taking my boy's spot. <laughs> I don't like that. <laughs> I don't trust you, coach. Backstage, Y2J, China, Dave Hebner. They're talking about the co-championships. Now, I think this is something that we need explaining. Yeah. yeah I missed, uh, I, I didn't realise this was a situation. I forgot all about it. So then when you see Y2J in China backstage, like just bickering, I and thought, wait, are they dating but, now? But being somewhat like, friendly to each other. Yeah, they're, they're being civil. Well, we saw extent. it started at the last pay-per-view, the show of respect. Jericho is now very much a face, like firmly mm. a face. And they had the kind of friendly rivalry had become. They kind of respected each other. It came to a match where there was a screwy finish and two different referees both thought that you know China had won, the other person thought that Jericho had won. And the McMahon Helmsley era, being the, uh, being the jackals that they are, Stephanie declared, knowing that the two of them couldn't get along, that they were going to be co-champions. Right. Meaning that China could be in a match defending the belt and if she lost, it meant that Jericho also, also lost, lost the belt. So Jericho starts accompanying China and he's like, God damn it, come on, China! <laughs> come on, baby! That's, actually, that's an interesting... That's genius. Yeah. It's yeah. Interesting smart, thing to yeah. do. 
that's clever. Because when you say co-champion, you're immediately like, well, that's fucking stupid. But yeah. it's the fact it played off like a tense relationship. Yeah. And uh, yeah, really good good job. We get more of um, Jericho not knowing anyone's names. Calls Dave Earl. Yeah, he's like, he, t- he takes the belt off them and goes, Earl, Earl. Earl, he turns around and shakes his head. Dave! Dave! <laughs> and uh, yeah, Dave's walking off with the belt, like, because he's got a buyer on eBay. And <laughs> <laughs> we get a thing here saying, don't try this in the playground. <laughs> yeah, it's like, Seriously, all of us watch this and we're like, the playground! That's <laughs> like that. It's like, don't do this. Uh, this uh, we do it here. Don't do it here. And just shows you the pictures. Look the how much. Like, how look much. at all this stuff you can throw your friends off. And you don't run the risk of breaking your parents' couch or their yeah. double beds. And plus, you get a bit of soft. You get the, the wood chippings on the floor. So it's a, it's a bit softer. Also, as well, if you're pretty skillful on the swings, you can launch yourself at a plancha. <laughs> Jesus Christ, it's a miracle I'm still alive. Anyway, coming up next, Intercontinental Championship. It's yeah. a three way. Bob Holly, the big shot, taking on China and Y2J. Very subdued reaction for China coming out. Yeah. And obviously this is the MSG crowd, very telling of what's going on. Uh, I do believe a little bit of China's luster is very much gone now. Maybe that might be because we're seeing that Triple H and Stephanie. There's a kind of a greyish area here. I know at some point around here that we're going to have China and Triple H officially breaking up. Mm. And Stephanie and Triple H actually real life hooking up yeah. I know well, that, that started no, around the time they started working together so there was an overlap if I'm correct there was yeah. uh, an awkward overlap so it'd be very interesting to just to view look at China in a few months and see how she's kind of positioned how things change of, yeah because she was put, positioned very strongly around you know King of the Ring and whatnot. Uh, she's now been referred to as the ninth wonder of the world which is something I always love because yeah. the 8th yeah. wonder of the world is Andre the Giant yeah. the ninth wonder of the world is China very well done although it did make me as a child think that there were 8 wonders of the world there was a hidden one I didn't know about Andre the Giant back then <laughs> you, so. you, only, you only get to see the 8th wonder of the world when you've seen all of the you 7 collect all 7 yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you send off with a coupon oh, you get like a little bit of the 8th wonder when each one you put it all together like, oh my god it's Optimus Prime <laughs> He is wonderful. Y2J is over as fuck yeah. oh, so tonight. Over. Welcome to Madison Square Jericho. <laughs> oh my God. I loved Jericho so much at this mm. point. He kind of, he got under my skin as a heel as a kid, but as a face, he's just like... He's a badass. He's a rock star. He's a badass, but he's not like... He's not like... He's not, he doesn't get the kind of like he doesn't take himself seriously and think he's super cool like a lot of you know like The Rock for example or Triple H when he was face you know like these no, guys take themselves very kind of seriously the, the early 2000s fashion like you know being sarcastic and you know being a bit tongue in cheek a little self referential yeah exactly a lot of humour like and slap fest to start us off good god in yeah. heaven yeah. we get uh, some great double standards from Jerry for a change <laughs> oh nice <laughs> <laughs> he, uh, run us through really. he, uh, I can't remember what J- uh, JR says but Jerry calls him a chauvinist oh he does at the start and and almost immediately refers to Mae Young's breasts as her dairy farm. Anna, for fuck's <laughs> sake! He calls them the dairy farm and he says they produce powdered milk. Anna, ah. Jesus! Yep. Ah. Jerry the King Lawler. Grown man. Respected man. <laughs> God bless us and save us all. I was going to say, we're at the slap fest you're starting off with. There's one place I would not like to be, and that's in the middle of a slap fest between Bob fucking Holly and yeah. Chris Jericho. Yeah. Oh my good golly, Miss Molly. A good action to start things off. We've got Bob and YTJ working quite a bit. Although early on then it starts, it, it becomes quite annoying, and it's like, it's very much... 
China is the third wheel. Get in the way. It takes a very specific level of talent or what have you to be able to have the three guys in the ring at the same time. These guys struggle to do it. We get a lot of people being thrown out and coming back in and... You know, like just taking turns and yeah, it I don't d- know. doesn't click. Just it, these three just don't mesh together. Not really. Uh, Bob hasn't got much reason to be there either, to be honest. Uh, Bob gets a chair and then gets drop kicked in the face from China. An incredibly awkward double team splash. China's calling spots really fucking bad. Shouting them. She pedigrees Bob who kicks out. Then we can make a doomsday device crossbody double team, which I thought was yeah, it was really good. I really enjoyed that. Superplex by China, but Bob hooks the legs. China hits Bob Holly in the head with a chair. Not very nice. And then she goes through the walls of Jericho. Boo. But Jericho just comes in, gets the lion salt. Jericho wins. Uh, this is quite a bad match. I'm going to breeze through it here, to be honest, guys. But, um, yeah, not not the best um, no. outing from any of these three people. Glad to see Jericho as the undisputed Intercontinental Champion. Yeah, yeah. definitely. That was nice That's to see. That's the right call. But um, I suppose you didn't want to see Jericho China Part 3. Nah, no. I guess. We didn't need well, that. No, there's nothing worse than a fucking triple threat match that doesn't, that doesn't think it's a triple threat match. Oh my good God in heaven. Backstage, Mickey C is with The Rock. Let it speak for itself. One of the best promos ever. Finally, The Rock has come back to New York City. Rock, tonight you and 29 other superstars will be in that ring for the Royal Rumble match, and you have a bullseye on your chest. Is there any superstar who you may be concerned with? Well, The Rock says this. There are two WWF superstars who The Rock has a concern with. There are two who might give The Rock problems. Number one is going to be Crash Holly. Number two is going to be Headbanger Mosh. And The Rock says if he could get by those two, then he might have a shot at winning the Royal Rumble. Uh, Rock, with, uh, with all due respect, shouldn't you be a little more concerned with, say, The Big Show? Well, The Rock says this. You should be concerned with fixing yourself a nice tall glass of shut up juice. <laughs> Fix it. The Rock says this, Big Show, do you actually think that you're going to win the Royal Rumble? Do you actually think that you're going to take the great one and throw him over the top rope? Do you actually think that you're going on to WrestleMania and becoming the WWF champion? Well, The Rock says this, he wipes a monkey's ass with what you think. Big Show, The Rock says this, He's going to go out there in the middle of the people's ring. Royal Rumble. The Rock's music is going to hit. If you smell and 20,000 Rock fans all stand on their feet, goosebumps on their arm, electricity going through their body. The Rock says this, as God, as the Rock's witness, he hopes, he prays that you, Big Show, and The Rock are the last two in the ring. So The Rock thinks, no, he knows, no. The Rock guarantees to win the Royal Rumble right here in New York City. Man, that is a huge guarantee, King. Wow. They smell what The Rock's cooking out there. And The Rock says this, Big Show, just as sure as The Rock is without a shadow of a doubt, the best 
there ever was. The rock says, as sure as the rock has the Brahma bull tattooed on his arm, is as sure as the rock is going to WrestleMania and becoming without a shadow of a doubt the best damn WWF champion there ever was. If you smell what the rock is cooking. Oh my god, fucking hell. So Amazing. funny. Doesn't you think he can't get any better? Why don't you fix yourself a nice tall glass? A shut, shut up, up, Juice! <laughs> that, uh, honestly, everyone was, was quoting this. Like, yeah. everyone of course. knew yeah, afterwards. It's the coolest it's thing just, ever. It just made me laugh so much when Rock says the only people he's worried about are Crash and Marsh. <laughs> the <laughs> fact really he, doesn't, he calls them Crash all but he doesn't call them Marsh, he calls them Headbanger Marsh. <laughs> and like, my brother used to always, like, like always reference that if we were playing, like, Royal Rumble mode on the, on the N64, he'd be like, well, I'm very worried about Headbanger Thrasher <laughs> or Headbanger Marsh. But yeah, Rock is fucking pumped. He is psyched. It's awesome to see how over he is now and... You know, he's complete 180 compared to this time last year, where he yeah. was like despicable. the monster heel. Yeah. But still, he's just got the crowd perfectly on his side. Absolutely amazing promo. Fantastic. We get a home video exclusive for those of you who are watching the home video release. The only highlight of this is Jericho backstage referring to the Intercontinental Belt as the Intercontinental Belt. Clever. <laughs> yeah, he, do, he just stands there and says, uh, Yes, that was a uh, challenging match. I overcame it. That's it. That's the exclusive footage. You want to save that kind of speech for an actual war, but <laughs> yeah. not this. There's a reason we waited like 13 years before they started doing backstage Fallout and mm. all that jazz yeah. again. Like people were clearly uncomfortable with the camera coming up to them. Like, I've wrestled, go away. Please, let me rest. Alrighty, coming up next, it's the Tag Team Championship on the line. And good golly, if that undercard match with just random tag teams was uh, was good, this is going to be something let's, else. Let's, let's show those young guys crop. what to do now. Yeah. This is how you do it. Something's been bugging me lately. You see, there's two guys running around here that think that they're the number one contenders for the Tag Team Championship merely because they won some half-assed tag tournament. The Acolytes have won the Battle Royal. So the Acolytes have earned the opportunity at the Royal Rumble to compete for the WWF Tag Team Championship. Billy, you and Road Dog better remember, last time we stepped in the ring with you, Within 30 seconds, we had broke the ring, and Billy, your little pretty blood was bleeding and dripping all over it. Farouk, Bradshaw, I'm scared to death of you gentlemen, but my fear will fuel me. Bulldog, Billy Gunn, you come out here telling the people how scared you are of us, but guess what? You got a right to be scared because hell, I don't know nobody that isn't. You may not even make it to the Royal Rumble. I wouldn't want to be the Outlaws this Sunday at the Royal Rumble. And I'll tell you, the Outlaws are going to be in for a world of trouble when they take on the Acolytes at the Royal Rumble. Somebody's not walking out of here. If you ain't down with that, we got two words for you. All I'm going to say is, when you saw this on paper, because you usually look at the match card before yeah. you start up, mm. don't you? You must have been like salivating, because we know how hard the fucking Acolytes hit. Yeah. Yeah. We I know was... this has been coming since Acolytes won the number one contendership at Armageddon, and like these guys are going to kill those Hate outlaws. The outlaws yeah. at this point, so. And you get that promo package as well, which is yeah, basically the like. The promo package. The promo package, which is basically Road Dog is like. I'm afraid of the NBA. <laughs> great job. And yeah. that ain't no L.I.E. What a great build. Oh my, it's, you know, I'm, I like the builds, to be honest. Really? Because like, it was a case of the outlaws, it was always their gimmick that they got away by the skin of their teeth. But mm. now it was just them kind of like, 
like shit, how are you gonna get out of this how do we get out of this one we have to face them and like the mcmahon helmsy faction kept like putting roadblocks in the acolytes ways and it wasn't surefire way to get like undercard babyface guys over Put a little bit of adversity in their way from the, yeah. the beanies up on top, and all of a sudden, oh my God, the acolytes are fighting for their lives, and you know the the McMahon Helmsy era tries to get them jumped at a bar, and they beat the fuck out of everyone in the bar. <laughs> They're like, don't care what you do, we're gonna get you guys, and they get in the ring with the outlaws, and they break the ring apart, yeah. and all this stuff. So like, I was sitting here going, all right, time to watch the outlaws die. Yeah, yeah. I assume we don't get that though. No, do we? we do not get uh, that. What we do get though is we get a um, the match card. Which really, really made me laugh because Billy Gunn looks like an orangutan in sunglasses. <laughs> <laughs> He's just got his big orange face, full of wrinkles, just like see Billy Gunn sat in like a, a little area of a sack on his head, like a little orangutan. <laughs> With a little, little sign saying 1999 King of the Ring. <laughs> Kingus Ringus, that's the uh, Latin name for it. Uh, Acolytes run to the ring. Oh my god. <laughs> They brawl outside. Acolytes dominate. Rook does a little bit of dancing. Clothesline from hell on Billy. And I'm like, sweet Jesus, this is amazing. Kent is broken and X-Pac runs in. Nails yes. Bradshaw. He nails Bradshaw. And like Farouk is beating up X-Pac. And then Bradshaw also gets the famous sir. As we all know from No Mercy, if you get two finishers quickly in a row, you you can't kick out. Yeah. And the outlaws just win. Just get the one, That's two, it. three. Win. Literally 90 seconds. Pathetic. Mm. Really pathetic. Actually, you know what? I am going to side with you and say it is pathetic. In one, well, okay, it's pathetic in the sense that this seems like it's like okay, next time, you know, mm. and you feel like oh, we're going to get the outlaws and the acolytes again. We don't. No. So this is kind of essentially it. <laughs> well, even if we didn't get like, even if we did actually, sorry, get another match, and this was just the first the setup of sort of like you know, oh, they cheated, and you know, we'll get them next time, kind of thing. You've still got to give it more than this. Yeah, they put a big package before this. Yeah, the package like, was longer than the, the match. The, the package is sort of like, well, they don't normally put packages for tag team matches, so this must be an important one. This is going to be a big match. Like, no, it's not. Also, well, for me, the the gold standard of matches that aren't matches that are angles but are brilliant is uh, Shamrock and the Rock from WrestleMania 14. Yeah, yeah. which uh, for me is like that's just perfect wrestling. That's true. Yeah, this failed to hit that mainly as well because one yeah it was too short and two it's just like I know you screwed over the acolytes but it's so screwy mm. like it's like come on like it's like the suspension managed... of disbelief is like you know being stretched a little bit yeah here. it's like it's kind of strange one cool thing that comes with this though I suppose is the fact that because the acolytes and so many of the undercard guys are getting you know picked on kind of it's, it's not safe to be out there within a few weeks after this the Acolytes Protection Agency opens yeah. for business. Yes. Can't wait. Amazing. No, that's just great. This is like the best thing that ever happened for this team. Mm. Because they're great, but I suppose being tough badasses can only get you so far. You need a bit more personality. You need a little bit more than that, and they get that in spades here. So yeah, not not exactly. It's it's hard to even call it a match. Yeah. You know? Uh, did you see the exclusive footage version of this? Uh, this yeah, the home video one. Now, yeah. did you see Road Dog's little speech? Yes. yes will, I we, did. will we play it here? We'll play it here. I'll play it here. You see, it's me, it's me, it's that D-O-double-G, and you can't even see that D-A-double-D, because we just got our A-double crooked letter handed to us in MSG, but we beat the Acolytes, one, two, three, and as you see, we'll still be the C-H-A-M-P. Fucking idiot. Yeah. Well, he's no wordsmith, I'll give him that much. So, in, in basically, if we were to analyse and break down the text here... Um, Road, it's not text, don't call it that. <laughs> Road Dog admits that they got their asses handed to them. Yeah. And then they won. Yeah. yeah. It's weird, isn't it? Because it it's weird. like, 
what's the point of you scraping by the skin of your teeth if like Flair used to always scrape by the skin of his teeth in the 80s but he'd be like I'm the greatest in the world afterwards but if you're gonna confess like you know oh yeah we didn't win that match yeah imagine like Flair in the 80s like after he like fucking gets the shit knocked out of him by some local guy and then he runs away with the belt going jeez that was close I am ashamed of myself I nearly <laughs> lost the belt in Charlotte <laughs> um, yeah it, it, it is it's, it goes against the, the whole purpose of yeah. this thing because now you just got cowards yeah. who know they're cowards. Yeah. The new age cowards. Yeah, I mean, it just feels like there's more heat to be had there. Okay, coming up next, this is one I've been looking forward to since we started this goddamn podcast. WWF Championship on the line in a street fight. Cactus Jack, he's back, taking on Hunter Hearst Helmsley. The WWF title will be decided for Big Show or the fans against Triple H. Big Show just caught Triple H. Oh, oh. blow! Kind of sucks. Oh, look DX. They're all over mankind. That's what he deserved. He brought it on himself. Mick, you're fired. He is fired. You're out of here. Your history. And thanks to the McMahon Helms the Air, mankind is fired. I just think that it's damn pretentious of Triple H and Stephanie to just finish a career because they personally get off on playing with people's lives, playing with their dreams and their emotions, and in this case, with, with their families. You're the most pathetic person I have ever met in my life. That's not Mick Foley. I've been pathetic for my whole life, especially over the last couple of weeks. I can get hit in the head 37 times with a chair and not have any chair, not, not have any... Not have any damage. You stank. Stank. You stank in the joint, huh? Triple H and Stephanie, if you do not meet our demands, we've got every single WWF superstar ready to walk out on your candy asses. You will reinstate Mick Foley now. Mick Foley's back in the WWF. You want me at the Garden? You want me at the Rumble? You're damn right I want your ass at the Rumble. You got it. Mankind and Triple H back in the ring. The two men that will meet for the Rip you in a street fight at the Royal Rumble in Madison Square Garden. But I think the WWF fans deserve a substitute in that match. I think you know the guy. His name is Cactus Jack. Cactus Jack is back. Drastic times call for drastic measures. Triple H forced Mick Foley to metamorphosize into Cactus Jack. This guy's psychotic. He's homicidal. What I am is one bad son of a bitch.
Okay, so a lot of stuff has happened. Mm. Obviously, we mentioned the previous episode. Shortly after Armageddon, now that they're in control, Triple H very easily managed to get the belt back on himself. Put himself in a match with the Big Show. Won. Thank fuck. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, we can all agree at this stage. It was a nice try. Everyone's heart was in the right place. Big Show did show a little something, Mm. but... It was never going to go anywhere. It wasn't going to go anywhere. I mean... There's a man who just wasn't ready to hold the belt. Definitely. Yeah. And I'm very happy to see it back on Triple H. Yeah. Some could argue Triple H should have had the, the belt since last SummerSlam and not have lost it since. True. Because he's lost and gotten it back so many times. It's just been unnecessary bumps. Yeah. Devalued his reign. But uh, he's very much thoroughly the man at the moment. There's no more of this kind of screwy stuff where like... Because he's on top. He's running the show. He's yeah. the champion. There's no one to question his authority. He's not only the top heel, but yeah, he's the champ. And he's also in charge. Like Basically like real life. He's basically predicting his own future. Here. <laughs> yeah. That's amazing, Triple H. He's like, this is going to be awesome in like three years. <laughs> but anyway, um, as we mentioned earlier on, Mankind getting fired... Foley, of course, was one of the few people who wanted to stand up against the uh, McMahon-Helmsley regime because he's like, you're bullies. I've seen bullies run this show before. And he's kind of like, you know, that Austin is gone and Undertaker is gone. He is the kind of the, the elder statesman. He's the veteran. Mm. You know, he would be considered to be like the locker room leader in kayfabe, at least. Yeah. You know, among the guys. So he's standing up to them. And good God, they fucking grind him into the dirt. And I remember being really upset at the time because, I mean, all right, we can admit now, since Foley came back from his injuries, like SummerSlam, he's not been great. No. He's been noticeably... He's, he's hurt. Yeah. He's put on weight. Um, he's slowed down. He's, he had been eyeing retirement yeah. a lot of this time. When he was tag champions with Vince, in his book he told of a story where he went to Vince McMahon after one of the, after one of the shows where you know he, him and Al were the tag champions. He went to Vince and he's like, you know, I think I'm probably going to have to retire soon, Vince, because like... I'm not coming back from this injury and I'm not I'm slowing down. I don't think I can work at the level I want to. And Vince is like, No, oh, you know, you probably still have a you know a couple of years left and you blah, blah, blah. don't sell yourself short. And then Foley was like, Well, like, I'm driving home like past my house and forgetting where I live when I'm coming home uh... from these trips. Now at the time this is kinda of like, Whoa, hitting the head too many times, am I right? Yeah. A brain scrambling chair shot, but now it's like Jesus Christ. Fucking hell. That should have yeah. been fourteen years ago. And the idea was, was very much was that he knew he was going to retire within the next few months. So this was kind of like, okay, I'll retire, but we can make take Triple H to the next level yeah. with this feud. He wanted originally to do a thing where he turned heel on The Rock and Cactus Jack would be a heel and right. give The Rock someone to fight. But honestly, with Triple H there, I don't think there was a need for another no. big heel. And who in their right mind wants to fucking boo Mick Foley? Exactly. He's the kind of guy that you'll want to miss. You, you'll, you want to be sad when he goes, don't you? He, yeah. I think what... His idea was was that you know the whole Rock didn't say apologize to him in real life after I qu- after I quit oh, yeah. Rumble. He wanted to tap into that and be kind of like do it as a shoot almost. Yeah, kind of yeah. like oh, everyone's idolizing the Rock, but he's not actually a very nice guy, so on and so forth. Oh, I didn't. Yeah. I think this is a much better way to go. But yeah, as a kid, I found this quite quite distressing to say because as we said, Foley had been kind of shit, and I was in the position where it's like, well, I think my guy is like. You know he's he's losing a lot. Mm. He's he's lower down the cards. You know he's team with Al Snow and just doing dorky shit. And Rock and Sock was great, but it did really make Foley out to slightly too comedic almost. I mean I, I'm a big fan of it, but it just at times it was like if that was if he retired then 
he what his legacy would have been. Yeah, because when he was in that tag team, as good as it was, you sort of forgot that he was the hardcore legend. Yeah. He was a different character. So seeing this, I got really excited because, you know, Foley had been downtrodden, he'd been fired. Mm. And, you know, he got fired around Christmas time as well. And he did yeah. like a thing where he's like at home and was like, well, I'm, like, you know, I'm not going to have a great Christmas this year because, you know, I haven't got a paycheck. And oh, all this there's kind of one stuff. person that should always enjoy Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Mick Foley. And uh, yeah, it, it really worked well. They made Foley so sympathetic. So he was off TV for a bit during that time. He's getting into shape hmm. and getting at this level to be Cactus Jack. And while he was gone and he was fired, we had some of these fucking amazing, ridiculous vignettes. I think I showed them to you. Have a bad day. Oh, Jesus, they stink to high heavens. <laughs> Fuck. Have a bad day. Well, okay, the idea is, is like, one thing I liked about it was, I suppose, is that, like, even when they were faces, DX they were known for the parodies, you know, the yeah. parody of the corporation, the parody of the nation and whatnot. So it's like, even though they're, they're heels and running the show, they're going to parody Foley. So the idea was they had the fake mankind. I think I showed you fake Yeah, you showed me fake mankind. Actually yeah. does an, an all right impression of him. Yeah. And is, it have... good, is it Jason Sensation again? No. Oh. Do you know who it is? We, we, uh, I actually managed to suss it out when Kevin showed me for the first time. It's Midian. Yeah. Really? Oh, Dennis Knight. Yeah. yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. Fucking hell. Midian is phony Foley. And he's, he does a damn good job at it. Yeah. Basically, you've got like, yeah, it's like Triple H. There's like three or four of them. Triple H is like dressed up in, you know, silly, ridiculous outfits. And pathetic Midian is like, oh, you know, I, I can take a soft puppet out of my pants and wave it around. And I've got lots of concussions. Can I have a job? And he's like, uh. he's like you stink. Stink. You know? <laughs> but like, they like, uh, they have like a, a book signing. It's like, have a nice day too. And no one's there. And he's like, no one's come to my book signing. And like, uh. Triple H is like, well, I guess without the WWF promoting your book, no one wants to read it. <laughs> they did do one though. Of course, it wouldn't, it wouldn't be Triple H. It wouldn't be the Attitude Era without them doing one of these that people don't remember. Because most people remember remember you know harry Sachs or whatever triple h with a silly fake nose or silly groucho marks uh mustache whatever uh you know no there was another one he did though us in there where uh fake mankind goes to the hospital and he meets dr hung low play it right <laughs> For now sake. who the hell are you well i'm mankind i came here i saw that this children's hospital was open and i was just you know looking for some children to entertain because i'm really good at that i got even got balloon you a mankind you a Fat loser, you guy got fire on TV. Yeah, I got fired, but I mean, I can still entertain people. Listen here, you cannot be here. I adopt a hung law. I call security that you not leave. So yeah, that's racist. Jesus um, Christ. That's racist. Yeah. Him, like, with, like, oh. squinty eyes. He has, he has, he has squinty the glasses. Eyes. Oh, with, yellowed up. You know those glasses that have the squinty eyes, like, put and on them kind teeth, of thing? Like, really and, racist. Oh, my fucking God. Atrocious. Like, well, you know what? Hats off to WF and finding a way to be racist to a whole other group of people we hadn't even considered before. Yeah, great job, gang. About time someone had a go at the Asians. <laughs> yeah. Fucking hell. Like, it really soured that. That being said, Mick Foley coming back. The Rock threatened to walk out. He said that if uh, it looked like I really wish I could have watched that Rock. It looks oh, like such an amazing moment. It's awesome. It's they're all starts basically with Rock, and everyone comes out faces and heels. Anyone not aligned with Triple H, mm. so like, even like the boss man is coming out. Climbing. <laughs> yeah, and Rock is like, "You're treating everyone bad. No one's getting their opportunities. You fire Mick Foley if you don't meet our demands. We're all gonna leave and join the World Rock Federation." <laughs> <laughs> 
That's the best he could come up with. World Rockling Federation. World Rockling would have been better. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Any, um, I don't know, universe mode fans out there might want to make the World Rock Federation. <laughs> so yeah, mankind comes back and like he has a match against Triple H and Triple H beats him to a bloody pulp. He pedigrees him through a table. He batters him with a chair. Blood everywhere. And like next night on SmackDown, Foley comes out with his shirt. And he's just, he's wearing the same shirt, covered in blood, and he's like, you know, I meant to face you at the Royal Rumble, but like mankind. I can't clearly do can't do it mm. he's not cut out for it because he's just you know as you said he's he's stupid he's a, he's a muppet but there is someone who can face you and I don't know how he did it because I was very you'd think that if he goes there is someone who can do it people would be like Rocky or yeah. Austin or, or anyone you know <laughs> yeah. but immediately he just rips off that mask and people are like Hang on a second, and it's Cactus Jack. Pops the shirt huge, open, he's got the Jack pop. shirt underneath. One of my favourite moments in wrestling ever. Yeah. It's funny, actually, two of my favourite moments in wrestling ever both involve Cactus Jack. His debut in Madison Square Garden against Triple H. The pile driver through the table on the ramp match. Yeah, that's yeah, an that MSG. Yeah. And then this moment as well, which is mankind becoming Cactus Jack because he's embracing like, the hate. And it's. Am- <laughs> 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 but it's great because it's like, it's not just him wearing a different shirt. Because immediately just seeing his eyes and like the announcers like, oh no, this guy, he's, this ain't mankind, this yeah. ain't no sock puppet, this guy's, you know, barbed wire and all this kind of stuff. So the table is set now for this title match and I think it's one of the best bills ever. You and I watched the promo Triple H cut on Cactus Jack yeah. the week before this. And the other thing I want to mention, because a lot of people kind of go, oh this is the night where Triple H became the guy or he was made a top heel. You listen to the promo that he cut on Cactus Jack the, just before the Rumble, because he's like, I know how sick you are and how twisted you are, but I'm sicker and yeah. I'm more twisted. I'm like, holy shit, this guy's really fucking like. He's dangerous. already there. He's, he's going already through. there. Definitely. So this is more of an affirmation of Triple H's place, mm. I would say, than kind of his Definitely. coming out party. So here we go. That promo package just, you know. Perfect. Perfect. Beautiful. Yeah. Amazing stuff. Cactus Jack's debut was in Madison Square Garden in the WWF. It's fitting that he gets his big moment, his big title yeah. match mm. here at Madison Square Garden as well. And can we talk about the Cactus Jack theme song as well? Oh, that yeah. is just the fucking best shit ever. Right? Royalty free and beautiful. Apparently it's been in a few pornos. Really? Yeah. Wow. Jesus. Yeah, like, you know the way, like, you know, hardcore Holly's music shows up in Dodgeball, well, Cactus Jack's music showed up in some pornography. I have to go on my way to avoid that because that'll be a very confusing experience very for game, everyone. Right. I think. When I get Gangrel on the horn, he's got connections. But anyway, Triple H comes out and he just has this look on his face like it's not fear, it's like seriousness. I don't know how best to describe it. Because he knows what's going to happen. He knows it, that this is going to be like one of the biggest fights of his career. Yeah, and like he's fully this, aware of that. As well as like, it's not like a Hell in the Cell match or a Last Man Standing or a Buried Alive or a Cage or like you know. You don't know what's going to happen. It's a street fight. What does that mean? Like, you know yeah. it's going to be rough, but like, what is going to happen here? Yeah. There's that kind of sense of unknowing about this match. And uh, I think as well, the fact that Stephanie gets sent to the back and the fact that like, since Armageddon, the two of them have literally been inseparable. Mm. And Triple H like would have Stephanie out with him all the time so you know, she could hit, you know, slap Foley or hit whoever. And like he's like, no, it's it's too dangerous. <laughs> and it's to say, like, for like a really strong character like Steph, he's like, no, seriously, 
this guy is dangerous go yeah. to the back that was a really cool yeah. touch I thought that stare down at the start Foley's just like shaking and just muttering to Amazing. himself fucking brilliant the crowd are electric Foley's in better shape and at a much better pace than he has been you know, in the last six months this feud very important for him but equally as important for Triple H they start off brawling outside the first six shot of the night comes with Triple H clonking Cactus Jack with the ring bell some sick chair shots early on which just give me some 99 Royal Rumble memories he's, just, yeah. he's, he's not learned anything from I Quit at all has he they kind of brawl up through the crowd I love the fact that they've They've actually like put like graffiti in walls and like it's made a street fight. It is. I mean, I, I actually thought when watching this, this was going to be an outside match. Yeah, I yeah. generally thought it was a street yeah, fight. Yeah. It's going to be outside. It wasn't that, but they did counteract that quite well with the, all the graffiti and the this alleys is the and stuff. First street fight I ever saw in wrestling, and I always assumed this is what a street fight is meant to be. Like you have garbage and shit like lying around, bricks and stuff like that. It's meant to Palettes. look like a street. As Nowadays, opposed to a. A hardcore match, I think. With, with Seamus, like, you know, oh, he's got a particularly Irish weapon. Eric, yeah. don't fucking start yeah. on that. He's got that, a green man. bag full of green Fuck potatoes. Fuck off. <laughs> I could go on. We get some pallets. Oh, my God. Suplex by Cactus Jack onto them. And here is our grunt of the night. Excellent. Uh, sorry, how can you pick out one grunt with Cactus Jack? It was tough. Um, yeah, this is actually... A big grunt for us. This is one of Kevin's favourite grunts of all time, I know for a fact. But uh, yeah, Cactus suplexes Triple H onto the pallet. And then as Triple H is lying there motionless, he just craw crawls over to his face and goes, On the concrete floor, there could be a pin right Wee! 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 Yeah, that will be our grunt of the night. And this little piggy had roast beef. <laughs> and this little piggy went, Wee! 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 All the way home! Amazing, yeah. Uh, but he is—he's grunty throughout the match, though. He oh, is very grunty. Yeah. Have you got? You had some of his grunts. Do you have them lined up, or do you want to talk about them now or later? Oh, all right, okay. I was—I was gonna save this, but it's the first time we've actually got our second grunt of the night. <laughs> all right. Oh my goodness! It was such a grunt. I mean, this is a fucking grunty match. I was fucking—I had to have a cigarette Cactus after this. <laughs> I, I was done after I watched this match. Um, yeah, second grunt of the night is they're back towards the ring, and Jackie's just punching the hell out of Triple H, and it's again another proper prototypical classic Mick Foley. What dash? What dash? What dash? What dash? What dash? So yeah, lots of grunts all around. Fantastic. Backdrop onto the trash can, obliterating both the trash can and the credibility of the trash can. <laughs> and then we get it: the two by four covered in barbed wire. And not to go on and on about nostalgic memories, but this blew my fucking mind as a kid. I knew this kind of stuff happened, but never in the WWF, surely. As a child, I just thought like, no, no, wait, that, that's real. Like, you know, a chair, you know, I always thought they have like, you know, special fake chairs they hit them with. But the barbed wire is like, no, that's a real weapon. That yeah. really hurt. You can tell as well they do great things with the barbed wire with Triple H when he's working over Jack with the barbed wire. He gets caught up in his... In his thing and whatnot. WCW would use, you know, the fucking plastic tip barbed wire, which is yeah. stupid. But this was, you know... It's legit. You see it ripping real, his clothes it's They just are careful with it. It's yeah. very, very smart. Barbed wire 2x4, one of the only weapons in wrestling that I think managed to keep its mystique all these years. Mm. Yeah. As in, when that comes out, it's like, oh shit. It makes everyone quiet. Definitely. You only see it once every blue moon. They're not bringing it out a all the time. sledgehammer, for example. Yeah, overdone. Every time. Or fucking, in TNA, they had, uh, what was it, Janice, the board with the nails through it. It's like, come on, Ugh. guy. You know, uh, this was just less is more. And mm. the fact that when he first gets it, 
Like with the tax, Foley's so good at this. It's kind of like, you can just go in and fucking wail at him. He's like teasing and go, tries to yeah. hit him and Triple H is ducking and diving. And when he finally gets him with it, it's absolutely amazing. The crowd goes nuts. Triple H gets four sick wire shots on Cactus Jack. But you can notice as well when we get a quick camera cut that his calf has been punctured. Legit punctured. Like, it looks horrible. So, yeah. If those of you wondering if this was whether or not this was real barbed wire, well, there's your answer. Yeah. There. There, was a, there was a bit at the end of exclusive footage with um, Triple H actually being getting the medical attention. Getting his and back that, up. That's, that's yeah. from the wooden pallets. Oh, really? When he got suplexed onto the wooden oh. pallets, a, bit, a, a, bit, a big bit splintered off, went into him, oh. but then went back out. That's when they're doing, when, they're do, when they're stitching him up, they can't find anything in there. Puncture wounds are like the worst. Yeah. They're fucking, oh my God, because they get infected really easy, and oh man. But Cactus Jack mains to come back Double arm DDT, the ref removes the bass and, and decides to give it to Hugo Senovich. <laughs> Why? I have a fucking clue. A present for you, sir. <laughs> Take this, it's dangerous to go alone. <laughs> what the fuck is going on? Foley's not happy with that. He attacks them. Apparently, <laughs> Hugo Senovich got knocked out by Foley when he's thrown off the helm of the cell. He's the last man you want to be giving his barbed wire to. But uh, Foley goes out and clocks Hugo, gets the barbed wire back straight away when the other commentator's like, here, take it, take it, take it. It's, it's quite brilliant, like, the fact that he's, like, scary to, to, to like, everyone. everyone like, yeah. Everyone's putting over how scary Jack is. Finally, Cactus Jack manages to get Triple H with the barbed wire. Right in the face. Right in the face, and immediately Triple H, boom, blood. And Triple H, he's one of the best bladers ever. Oh, when yeah. that man bleeds... He bleeds. Fucking hell. To quote JR, Triple H is bleeding like a horse. <laughs> yeah. a horse is like an old to... horse. <laughs> horse that's been shot in the head fucking hell Cactus Jack goes for a pile driver on the announce table but gets backdropped through the table and it's just the table doesn't break properly and what happens is it just kind of it caves in and Triple H just slumps forward mm. and Jack falls over and there's fucking blood everywhere and Jack's all caught up in wires and Jim Ross is like, for Jesus sake, there's blood on the monitors. It's so horrific, isn't it? Oh, it's so much better than if it went through clean. It feels gritty. Yeah, it feels like, real. Yeah, 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 definitely. Back into the ring, they brawl inside. Pedigree gets reversed and Foley hits a face buster into the barbed wire and we also get an elbow drop with the barbed wire. Yeah. Bars. Uh, so nasty. Like safe, but like it looks. It looks insane. sick. Like Triple H, like he just jolts up when he's hit with it. Like he really, really puts it over. Hip toss into the stairs, but onto Cactus Jack by Triple H. It's a spot that Foley insists on doing, and it always upsets me. Knowing how yeah. horrible he just gets flipped right into them, and then yeah. immediately thereafter he gets Irish whipped into them and flies over them. Oh my god! Now uh, you can tell you my notes get quite emotional as I just keep writing the word no over and over <laughs> again. Handcuffs. No! I got so frightened. Because we know exactly what happened last time. Yeah. And Jim Ross is like, my God, shades of Royal Rumble 99 last year. <laughs> my God. Like, and like, oh no, please, not this. Foley with some amazing handless offense. Dropped hold into the stairs. Badass. Manages to get a low blow. Yeah. And then he bites Triple H while Triple H is bleeding. I also wrote no there, mainly because I'm concerned about hepatitis and wrestling. <laughs> That's not a joke. Triple H breaks a chair over Foley's back. Oof. Oh my, he, just, he smashes him. And like Foley's like, again, it's like shades of rumble. Foley's like crawling up the rampway, just trying to get a dodge. Mm. And Triple H is like smacking him. And instead of before where like mankind had just slumped over and collapsed, 
you get this shot of Foley like with tears in his eyes and Triple H has got the chair over his head and Foley's on his knees going come on hit me yeah. hit me that's actually like genuinely scary oh. though it is like really it's it's dark it looks really weird unbelievable I don't know how Foley what Foley tapped into but like it, it, it just worked because I mean that's just raw real fucking emotion yeah right? and that's just like there's very few moments of the podcast where I've kind of gotten like goosebumps or like mm. you know the hair is raised in the back of my neck and that was one of them right there and mm. I've seen this match a million times yeah. and it still has that impact do we know if his family's here this time no thank fuck well, I should hope not I should hope not I thought better of it especially, this time. especially after all those promises he made last time yeah. so it seems like Foley is well and truly fucked and then all of a sudden like your cop power up in Streets of Rage the rock appears with a steel chair yeah. and clatters Triple H and one of the boys in blue NYPD's finest See, it just comes so, out of nowhere sorry just, what like, why a policeman just comes out and uncuffs it I think it was implied that Rock like brought the officer out it might have been implied but it's just from my point of view all I see is a police officer comes out and is like there is an injustice here and uncuffs him and, <laughs> and now, obviously Big Boss Man ain't gonna do shit about it <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> hey I was just fucking happy that Foley was out of those cuffs I guess you yeah. know we get a pulling pile driver onto the table oh my god it doesn't break which again, I think makes it look even better. Yeah, it looks even like, more so. Oh my god. Tax come out. Now, whenever I see Tax with a Foley match, I don't think I've ever seen them where the opponent's gone into <laughs> yeah. them. Mm. So as soon as I saw this, I just instantly my mind said, no, Triple H isn't going to be taking that. Well, I love about this. As soon as the Tax come out and her spread, Stephanie comes out and is like begging Cactus Jack, is like, please stop because yeah. it's like. You know, enough's enough. Please don't kill my husband. Triple H is teetering over the tax, and then yeah, Cactus Jack gets a big back body drop right on them. He takes a big fucking snow angel bump on those, and mm. he just Cactus Jack becomes the human pincushion, gets a pedigree, and he <sighs> kicks out. The crowd just explodes. Jim Ross. No one expected that. No. Everyone know why Jim Ross is the best ever? It's calls like that right yeah. there. We get another pedigree then onto the fucking tax. Face down in the tax. That is has to be one of the scariest moves I've ever seen being taken. Yeah. Because you look at it afterwards and Foley's got him wedged right into his orbital his sockets. Yeah. His face. Triple H's got him on his knees. Yeah. It's it's re- it's the last move you expect to be done onto tax. Yeah. yeah. Foley gets pinned and it's just wow. Like Jim Ross is like, in 25 years in this business, I've never seen anything like this. And you know what? Like This is a match. Everyone is always like, oh, I quit. And it was like, oh, well, hell in a cell. You know, in terms of a fucking just amazing, perfect roller coaster, like emotional, that doesn't go into those kind of, uh, doesn't get into that territory of like, oh, they've gone too far here, guys. Or mm. I'm actually genuinely concerned for Foley. This is like the most enjoyable Cactus Jack, sorry, McFoley match ever, I think. Because uh, I'm yeah. not, I know that it's, it's all within the plans of what's what's meant to be happening. I was about to say exactly the same thing. Like, as great as a Hell in a Cell is, it's always like, oh, it was amazing, but oh my God, McFoley fucked himself up. And, you know, Royal Rumble, an amazing match, but it's like, oh Jesus, that went way too far at some points. This was perfect. Yeah. Like, Not to say they pulled, their, they pulled their punches or anything Not like that. All, it just no. felt that there wasn't a point where he felt that things it, were spiralling out of yeah, control. Yeah, it, it felt a lot more fought out. Like, last year. It felt like there wasn't anyone backstage in the headsets like looking about to run out with a fucking yeah. stretcher or whatever. An absolute war. Amazing. One of the best built title matches and best title matches ever. Go out if you've not seen this match, it is See honestly it at the top of the list for me anyway of like matches from the podcast, this is like numero uno. Yeah. It has everything. It's got great pace and storytelling every weapon that's used is used for a reason they tell a magnificent story Triple H looks like a fucking badass he's like 
carried out in a stretcher. Just when he kind of like sits up and he's like can barely open his eyes, his hands are shaking. It's just like he beat Cactus Jack, but he nearly killed himself yeah. doing it. And that makes Foley look even more like yeah. It makes Foley look more dangerous, but it also makes Triple H look like you know he's not a coward anymore. Yeah. He's willing yeah. to get his hands dirty. It's nice now that we've got the top heel is actually. A legit killer. killer. Foley's not done with him, though. No, Foley goes and grabs the stretcher and pushes him right back and uh, lays into him with the barbed wire one more time. Obviously, this is because they're setting up another match with these two, Mm. which will be at No Way Out. The difference this time is it's going to be a Hell in a Cell match, and Mick Foley's career is going to be on the line. I wonder how that's going to go. There's there's more there's more to this story yet to tell, but wow, breathtaking. I I, I hope I did this match anywhere <laughs> near the justice. What I like about it is that it contained elements of all the previous classic Foley matches. Yeah. You had the amazing pace of like say a Foley and Michaels at Mind Games. You had the tax from like you know Hell in the Cell. You had the sick chair shots and the cuffs from Royal Rumble. Mm. It's kind of like a best of. Yeah, almost. It's like a medley of Mick Foley's best stuff. Good luck calling the Rumble guys, but no table and no monitors anyway. Cause <laughs> yeah. <laughs> they just we we get several shots like back to to Lawler and K, Lawler and uh, Jr. and they're sitting there kind of going uh, and there's like a caved in table covered in dried up blood and they're like uh, you have the ring hands out there sweeping away sweeping away um, thumbtacks and blood I was I was truly shocked uh, shocked by it I thought because you know this has been the match ever since I since we started the podcast people have been getting on me at Twitter you know and saying. Yeah. I can't wait till you see this match. I kind of built up a bit more in my head than what it was. But mm. for what the match was, it's absolutely outstanding. In WWF New York, we're back with the coach, who's got a very special guest. It's a returning Linda McMahon. She assures us all she's still the CEO of the company and that whatever happens will be a McMahon decision, which is incredibly vague. It's so Most vague. Boring, Your daughter's boring. ruining the company. Yeah. Do something. It's reasons like this why she didn't win the election. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking job creation, my ass. We get the ring being cleared, and then the Fink telling us the rules of the Royal Rumble, and in possibly one of the first moments ever, the Fink manages to tell us the rules of the Rumble and not be berated on commentary for no doing heckling so. whatsoever. And then the very odd moment, you get a flashback to the Royal Rumble 1995, which I believe was solely to show us how far the British Bulldog has fallen. This pissed me off enormously. Because I remember this time very, very clearly. And I remember what happened in the finish of the Royal Rumble and the storyline that comes from that. And I remember as a kid being like, whoa, okay, that's weird. You know, there's all this controversy. We'll get into it later. Yeah. But at this point now, it's sort of like, just a little reminder, folks. Both feet have to hit the floor. Here's Shawn Michaels one time when one foot hit the floor. Just yeah. making sure, remember that. Remember that both feet have to... <laughs> don't worry, nothing will happen later. But remember it, because it's important. <laughs> but like... They could have hidden that by having at least one other one. Yeah, not just one just example. One. Yeah. Oh god, do you remember the Royal Rumble '95? Of course we fucking did. It was shit. Yeah. <laughs> fucking 1995 can go fuck itself. Well, let's hope nothing screwy happens now that you've showed us that. Hey guys, remember when none of you were watching the Royal Rumble? <laughs> this happened. What well, is now time for the Royal Rumble contest? Thirty men over the top rope, both feet touch the floor. You get eliminated. Both feet. Both feet. But remember don't, that. Don't remember forget that. that. Remember that. And then, of course, the winner of this match will go on to WrestleMania 2000. Fucking hell. It's a big one. Here we go. Number one. Uh, number one yeah. entered in the Rumble. Number, number one is D'Lo Brown. Um, oh, mate, that is punishment. He's been buried. <laughs> He's been buried. <laughs> uh, I'm, I'm not used to just normal guys entering first. 
Oh, because last year we had well, that, last you know. year, but you get it more nowadays as well. That number one spot is always there's always a little bit of a storyline going in. It has like, to be yeah. this year. It was Punk going in because yeah. you know who's being punished. So I, I was shocked that nothing happened. That our first two competitors are D'Lo Brown shaking his head as hard as, as I've as ever seen. Can, yeah. Then Grandmaster Sexo. I do believe the reason behind this is because we just you know they know that the first ten minutes of this match are like no one's going to be the crowd yeah. exhausted. They've just seen like literally like two men pour their heart and souls out. So if the Rock came out now, the crowd would literally have heart attacks and die. Like it's yeah. too much. It, it would have spoiled it, I suppose. So yeah, number one entrant is D'Lo Brown. Number two entrant is Grandmaster Sexo. <laughs> Jerry looks really worried. They cut straight to Jerry yeah. Lawler because he's like, whoever comes out number two is fucked, JR. <laughs> and cuts to Jerry immediately. He's like, <laughs> and uh, yeah, he says he's got bad luck. And then Jim Ross with the biting remark of the century, he got a bad break at birth. Jesus, oh. fucking hell! This cat has claws. Meow. <laughs> The crowd are quite, notices me quite at the start of this one. It's to be forgiven. Should be noted as well, compared to the previous Royal Rumble, and even 1998's Royal Rumble, uh, this is a lot much more straightforward in terms of... There's no arson about with Austin getting taken backstage and the corporate... <laughs> There's no ambulances in this Rumble. This is just a Royal Rumble match. There's yeah, nothing going into it that we need to be aware of, apart from the fact that both feet must touch the floor. Remember that. Remember that? You yeah, remember? yeah, yeah. You got it, guys. Yeah. We get. Um, I know it's up with Grandmaster Sexy, but he's on a fucking tear in terms of like fucking being terrifying in the opening moments. His, of this match. his <laughs> laugh. He just doesn't stop laughing, even though D'Lo Brown is clobbering the shit out of him. He's laughing whilst it happens. There's yeah. like something not entirely right here because you know D'Lo goes for the the running power bomb and he like reverses it into, into a hurricanrana, but he's like. He doesn't get up all... It's re- it's a scary spot, like, mm. really scary spot. Uh, number three comes out, headbanger moshed potatoes. He's fucking wearing these stupid cones. Yeah. Again, I think we've said before, it's like, headbangers, I don't, they, I don't believe you believe what you're doing. No, they're trying too hard. Hey, imagine if we wore furry boobs. Duh, take yeah. that machine. You know? <laughs> yeah. Come on, guys. Like, uh, Kai and Tai appear. Yay! Yay! <laughs> Yes, yeah, so obviously, um, you know, Tato and Togo and Mr. Yamaguchi-san, they've all sadly headed back uh, back east to Japan. However, they retained the services of Takabichinoku and Funaki, who had started appearing as a bit of a jobber tie team on Heat. And uh, this is kind of like their first moment to shine since uh, since that. They thought they were going to be in the Rumble. They were told they're not going to be in the Rumble because mm-hmm. the McMahon Hemsley people just fuck around with people <laughs> like that. So they decide tonight they're going to run in as many times as possible and try, try and, and cause them havoc. Try and cause them yeah. havoc. They're not very good at it. No, they're not. <laughs> they get the fucking piss knocked out of them and thrown out really, really easily. Uh, we get Sky High by Dilo and then Grandmaster Sexy again continuing his his streak of like awful maneuvers he goes for a bulldog on D'Lo and he lands on Mosh's legs yeah. and Mosh looks like he's broke his fucking ankle and you can tell because Mosh is meant to be thrown out by someone else we get a lot of very awkward action Christian comes out next number four and everyone's just kind of like all around awkwardly because one of the guys can't walk anymore yeah thanks a lot Grandmaster <laughs> great job number five comes out it's Rikishi Fatu Hickory Dickory Duck, that fucking pop! Jesus Christ! <laughs> Seriously, I, 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 I popped as well. Oh man! I don't know, just just from watching the past couple with him on 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 the podcast, I've just I've become uh, um, a, a bit of a mark for you're a big fan of Rikishi. Rikishi yeah, is good stuff. Fan. Rikishi is awesome. Yeah, he's brilliant. Definitely, I think as well. I think we we're saying here, particularly before. I mean, before he settles into the kind of the routine of like the whoa stink face and just kind of dancing, the kind of just just the gimmicks. 
where he's still doing stuff you're like you know he's hitting these sick fucking rikishi drivers and belly to belly suplexes the Samoan wrestler style yeah there, isn't he? definitely he eliminates headbanger mosh thank god like yeah. <laughs> puts he, him out of his misery <laughs> he eliminates christian hits a rikishi driver on d'lo brown and eliminates d'lo and it looks like he's gonna fight grandmaster sexy but grandmaster like you know forcibly fist bumps him and all that stuff and before you can think what's going to happen, who comes out as entry number six but Scotty Too Hotty. All the two cooler out. Uh, I marked out for so, this. So, so did cool. I. Brilliant. They, they all dance and the crowd love it. Everyone just starts. Like Scotty comes out, he's got the sunglasses given to Rikishi. They all start clapping. MSG in unison, clapping as one, chanting Rikishi's name. Yeah. Ha, that must be the best feeling in the world. Surely. Like Madison Square Garden to have yeah. the crowd in the palm of your hand. After what we've seen earlier, you know... Because everyone always goes, oh, they already popped loads of the crowd, so they're going to be dead for the rest of the night. Nah. It's like, no, actually be entertaining. and Still more in that. But Rikishi pulls a bit of a swerve to show he's serious about winning this thing. He throws out both Grandmaster and Scotty. Yeah. But he immediately apologises. Yeah, and he's he, a good guy about it. I thought he was going to turn heel at this yeah. moment. But it's like, no, he's like kind of, sorry guys, and he keeps dancing. And they're like, oh well. <laughs> he carries on dancing, and then JR says, The capacity crowd is on their feet at the sight of this 400-pound man busting a move in the world's <laughs> most famous <laughs> arena. By God! Dancing. <laughs> now there's a sentence. <laughs> Number seven comes out. Steve Blackman. No dancing now. <laughs> Immediate Blackman sucks chance. Amazing. Yeah, they hate this, him. This is the best crowd ever. Seriously. Blackman sucks chance. Uh, Rikishi driver. Out goes fucking Steve Blackman. By God. It's my older brother playing survival mode on No Mercy. Like, <laughs> he's holding out A and B and eliminating everyone before their entrance music stops playing. Number eight. It's Viscera! Oh my goodness. They're going to play Human Conquers together, these two <laughs> giant men. They have a big scrap. They have a fucking proper scrap. Yeah, they have a proper scrap. Did anyone catch what JR said as Viscera entered the ring? Did he say, look at the girth? <laughs> Literally, Viscera just enters and JR goes, this is going to be a chore. <laughs> <laughs> oh my goodness. He's on fire tonight, JR. Jim, I, you know what? I think, uh, can I say, because I think there's a couple of episodes where kind of like, Dude, JR's a little off. A little tonight. weird. A little tonight, weird. Yeah. Fuck me, this man is on form tonight. Yeah, yeah. he's great. Every, he's got so many great memorable calls. He's funny. He's on top of King. You know, this he's is perfect. He's perfect. Crowd are awesome. Fucking Viscera and Rikishi square off, and the crowd are going ape shit for fucking Viscera squaring off. Like, amazing. <laughs> Viscera, it's a big belly to belly. Fucking hell. Do a moonsault, Viscera. <laughs> not one, not two, not three super kicks by Rikishi, and then he finally just bonks into Viscera. Like, I do. We've even made the analogy before of two fat lads, like the rolling ball minigame from Mario Party. Oh, yeah. He just bonks into him, and Viscera's like, oh, I missed. Yeah, gone. Gone. Eliminated. Number nine. It's Big Boss Man behaving badly. Oh, Big Boss Man. Oh, nasty raid trailer. What's he going to bloody do this week, eh? You know, he's been murdering people's fathers, giving everyone cancer. Murdering <laughs> Digging up their grave, pissing on them, burying them upside down. I'll tell you what he does to top that. He won't go in the ring. That no good <laughs> son of a bitch. Son of a the bitch. worst behaviour today. And he drinks his bottle of water. He won't even give anyone any as well. <laughs> he goes to go in like three times. And Rikishi's like, come on, wrestle. And he goes, no. And he gives him the finger. <laughs> Rude. Naughty, naughty boy, big boss man. I love that. And then he raises his arms in victory. <laughs> and he hasn't even entered the ring. And Jim Ross is like, well, I don't think there's a rule that he actually has to get in the ring. <laughs> Damn it. The boss man has found a loophole. Number 10 comes out. It's Test. 
Oh. Immediately comes out and just clatters the fuck out of boss man. Poor El Testo, yeah. I mean. Yeah. Going from being a... F- Here's a guy who, like, if there's one man who has just legitimately forgotten about in this kind of Attitude Era 2.0 we're kind of harping on about, it's very much Test. He's yeah, he just slipped through the cracks. Left in the dust. And there's nothing more sad than seeing the sight of a man who a few months ago was wedding the boss's daughter coming out wearing a Royal Rumble t-shirt yeah. and continuing his lower card feud with the big boss man. Poor guy. But yeah, he bangs the big boss man up a little bit, brings him inside. Number 11! <laughs> it's the British Bulldog in his last appearance. Bless his baggy wranglers. His haircut looks fucking ridiculous. <laughs> That's all you can say about him, is it? Yeah, it's true. And actually as well, an even bigger slight to himself. He's actually, I went back and I checked, he's actually smaller now than he was when he debuted. Oh, he's actually lost he's mass actually, in that time. You see how baggy his wranglers are like? Yeah. This is fucking sad. Like. Yeah, we'll be seeing too much more. We won't be seeing Bulldog again after tonight. Oh, poor man. You. Number 12, it's Gangrel coming out. He, he comes out, you know, with the glasses. He's about to do the ceremony. And fucking Tess is like, no. Grabs him when he's trying to, <laughs> trying to do my fucking gimmick, Interrupting bro. the gimmick. I don't interrupt you when you have a mediocre match on heat. You don't interrupt oh. me when I fucking do my blood like, you know? It, it feels like ages since we've seen Gangrel. Well, it does, yeah. Gangrel actually had been paired up recently with Luna, who was his real-life uh, girlfriend and then would become his real-life wife. Oh. So It's nice. You know, he actually had, he had a lot of fun, apparently. By his own admission, you know, he was saying... Um, he was lowered in the car and obviously didn't have many plans for him but he got to be on the road all the time with his wife and he was yeah. involved in angles and feuds with his wife and I think that was, yeah, that was pretty cool that he yeah, got to do that. a comfortable lifestyle did you guys hear him on Cold Star of Wrestling? no I, I nicest fucking vampire ever really? Sick. oh my god literally just came across as like, the best person ever like Is I he mean, the nicest porn producer ever mm. oh, I imagine I so don't go into that <laughs> kind I appear and Taka gets thrown over the top rope at the time it seems because we're on the hard cameras like oh Taka got eliminated that's that and then we realise it's that bump we Folks, see the replay if you've not seen this Taka Michinoku goes sailing over the top rope manages to flip around and catch the entire whiplash on his face oh my god Oh. And the indignity of all this—he's been—he's clearly fucked up because I mean, all the rest of the run is the rest of the night. He's not there. He's in hospital, and uh, King calls him Chinese repeatedly. Repeatedly, but I've written down every time he does call them, uh, them Chinese. That, so that's I'll, one. That's that's number one. Okay, you got to keep scorecard in this one, Billy. So that's one time he called him a Chinese person when he's clearly not. He's from Japan. Number 13 coming out. It's Edge. Edge comes out with a big smile on his face. Jim Ross goes, he is happy to be in Madison Square Garden. (laughs) Big smiley bastard, isn't he? Bonsai drop on the big boss man. Oh my goodness. Oh my damn. I think we got another Chinese reference. Yeah, got another Chinese. He says, uh, show me the poor Chinese guy again. Yeah. Doesn't even know his name. Keeps asking for it. I was going to point out as well, every time he says this, Jim Ross goes, he's Japanese, not Chinese. He corrects him every time. And and the second time here he goes, stop being so xenophobic. Jesus, that's real. That's real right there. That's a fucking like kicking him under the table. (laughs) Stop being racist. Number 14 comes out. It's Bob Backlund. Who I've recently realised is essentially lemon grab. (laughs) (laughs) Unacceptable (laughs) wrestling. (laughs) Okay, what we're gonna do is we're gonna have Hulk Hogan come in and we're gonna like have Hulkamania be kind of cool character. Put you in my oven. One hundred years, chicken wing. One hundred years. Everyone, 
gangs up on him and it's really mean. Yeah, yeah just like Leningrad. <laughs> He's misunderstood. Bob Backlund, a surprise appearance and an amazing return to Madison Square Garden where he was champion for so many years. Uh, he was running for Congress in Connecticut at the time. That was true. I thought they were joking on commentary when no. they were... No, okay. Guess how he did. Did he win? Bum last. <laughs> Bum last! <laughs> Fucking hell, man. He did about as well as the Liberal Democrats will do in the next general election. Oh! <laughs> hey, oh! Everyone uh, gangs up and eliminates Rikishi. I got really sad. Six yeah. people kind of take him out. I thought Rikishi was really showcased in the first yeah. part of this match really well. It was awesome. Number 15 comes out. It's Y2J Chris Jericho who quickly eliminates Mr. Backlund. And Backlund is just seen wandering around up the stairs. People might be thinking, oh, is that something silly that he's doing? No, that's a shoot. He actually probably just literally just walked out the arena that way. <laughs> probably stopping only to ask a fan if they know all the states so he can give them an autograph. Aww. Stopping to autograph a dictionary or whatever it is he fucking does. Julia, man. He's so strange. I, lo- I love Backlund just because of how weird he is. The ring is full of foreigners, mate. What is going on? <laughs> Number 16 comes out. It's Crash Holly, who in the last few weeks has managed to develop some amazing just... Some of the humour about Crash, people are calling him Elroy Jetson yeah. now. And he's like, oh, he's like a little small man syndrome. He comes out and does the whole thing where he like grabs his chin, has a big shit-eating grin on his face. Like, I've got this, even though he's like two feet shorter yeah, than everyone else. Fantastic. I love Crash Holly so mm. much. Can't wait for more of him. Uh, he gets spanked by Edge when he comes in. Like, how humiliating for the poor boy. Number 17 comes out. It's China. The crowd managed to be even more subdued than her last appearance. <laughs> she goes right for Y2J and eliminates him with a suplex, which I thought was a bit like, it was a bit kind of blatant, you know? Yeah. I mean, I thought you'd really have just put Jericho over and stamped that feud as being over. And yeah, she just eliminates over, Jericho, way. kind of demasculates him a little bit. And like boss man immediately eliminates her. Yeah, good old boss man. He's like elbows are off the side. Like, and so you don't give a shit. just push her over just a little tad. Like, <laughs> a, a sneaky running elimination. More no mercy strategies there uh, for boss man. <laughs> the N64 number 18 it's Rook who looking incredibly pissed off after his 50 second match earlier on in the day yeah. we keep making it small every time his 8 second match earlier <laughs> on like you know he had the Mean Street Posse come out and they attack Farouk and they run away they I managed not expect that they yeah. managed to hit and run they and got the, one over on Farouk the Posse on Heat had been upset because they thought they were not in the rumble because of um because of prejudice against rich people. For fuck's sake. It ain't easy being white and male, guys. You know? <laughs> Fucking hell. <laughs> uh, Bossman eliminates Farouk shortly thereafter, so the posse actually managed to get one over on someone. Bastard. Mark that down, guys. It was, I, I, it was at this point I thought how wrong it is that Bulldog gets to stay in longer than Jericho, Farouk, and China. Yeah. I thought yeah. that was a, a huge disservice to those. Well, I suppose Bulldog point. hadn't wrestled. Mm. Already, I suppose. Oh, I suppose they were doing double duty. Well, Farouk wasn't really doing double duty. Yeah, I suppose. Number 19 comes out. It's the road dog, Jesse James. Everyone in the arena does his intro, which I thought was really cool. We also get a We Want Puppies chant. You had your puppies! <laughs> they, they had their puppies. You call and, those and, puppies! And they gave them absolute silence. <laughs> Where's my puppies? Where's my puppies? <laughs> Throw a bin at me, young lad. <laughs> Number 20 comes out. It's Al Snow, who's now a heel, has a shit fucking singlish and even shite ring music. Just looks yeah. so generic. Yeah. This is not the Al Snow I fell in love with. No, this is not the Al Snow who they thought would get over as a main event heel or an upper card heel. He's just goofy and weird now. Yeah, it's weird. Road Dog eliminates the Bulldog. And um, we're told on commentary that that's obviously notable because a dog eliminated a dog. Fuck's sake. Yeah. The ring is very full. It's really even full, at yeah. this moment. Someone's got to do some cleaning. Number 21, here comes Val Venus. 
we're seeing a lot of characters and gimmicks tonight, which you know are kind of. You look at the expiration date there. Yeah, like, yeah you won't be around much longer. And it's not just a case of you know new guys coming in, cha- not just changing styles, but changing standards because yeah. you know the the hammer of the parents the television council is going to come down quite swiftly in a few months and uh, for people like Val Venus that's going to mean a big shake up so uh, we also get uh, some more Chinese lads running in yeah bloody Chinese coming out here <laughs> taking our jobs <laughs> eating all our crops <laughs> ruining the Royal Rumble <laughs> Yeah, Funaki is out on his own. It's yeah. a particularly sad. Yeah, Taka's hurt. I love Funaki's really shy singlet like, you know. Yeah. Taka's gonna come out in a wheelchair like. Uh Road Dog is in the fetal position in the corner. And he stays there for so long. I love this. I thought it was brilliant. Good strategy. Because then the referee comes home and goes, You gotta go in there. He's like, Shut up, I don't do nothing. Like, <laughs> very good strategy. Number twenty two comes out. It's Prince Albert, one of the big skyscapers in the WWE. <laughs> Well, Venus eliminates Edge. Albert and Bossman start laying the fuck into each other as these two no, have been. They're not, few... they're not friends anymore. They've no. fallen out now. Uh, they've fallen out after, you know, Bossman, you know, failing to capture the belt. Albert is doing the whole kind of, you know, the master has become the apprentice, the apprentice, uh... you know. You're not Sith, lads. No one gives <laughs> a fuck, like. Number 23 comes out. It's Bob Holly, who does literally nothing. So number 24 comes <laughs> out. It's The Rock. Top of the night. Yeah. Big time. The arena explodes. Rock immediately eliminates Boston, which is great, because he's the one lad who's back like a right cunt in this whole rumble. It's the boss <laughs> man. Take care of business right there. But uh, what I like about The Rock is I didn't expect him to come in and just throw everyone over the top rope, like Austin would or whatever. But, like, no, he actually just... Gets in the thick of me, like Rock fucking going toe to toe with like Bob Holly or yeah. Rock going toe to toe with Al Snow. I thought that was pretty cool that he kind of got in the thick of it. Yeah, he, he was going to scrap with the rest of the lads. It was awesome. Number 25, it's the ass man coming out. Rock eliminates Crash Holly. And then it's number 26, Big Surly, Paul White. <laughs> I have lost a belt. <laughs> he looks even worse than ever here, I think. Really. I am a tweener. <laughs> His little shorts and his little vest. He looks like an overgrown child or something. It's something about the... He's got a big old puss on his face. Yeah. He's, like, he's upset. All the biscuits are gone from the, dirt, <laughs> from the jar. <laughs> the idea now... He's like, I was the champion. Everyone loves The Rock. It was He did lose the belt in unfair circumstances. Yeah. And he's kind of like... You know, I'm going to win the Royal Rumble. And I was like, yeah, fuck it off, big show. Like, <laughs> like, it, was sure a, it was the case of him kind of going, like, I know you mean well, but like, fuck off. And he's like, no, you don't boo me. Take me seriously. And you had like Big Show being whiny. I don't know if it was the intention, but it did get over quite well as a heel. Like this big fucker coming out going, don't boo me. <laughs> don't cheer the rock. And then of course he's the rock going, going look at this big ass idiot over here. Everyone's laughing at him. Like, yeah. The rock could tear down the Big Show. So perfectly, you yeah, just you go buried, like buried, yeah. boom. Yeah, we got a lot more like rock making fun of the big shows coming up with the podcast. Can't wait. Highlights right there. Big Surly Paul White eliminates Test and Gangrel, and I noticed in the corner at the time, one of the few instances on the podcast, it's Albert doing yes before yes was cool. Uh, yes, really? Yes. Oh, yes. Right. Yes. I thought that was more of a yes, yes. I oh, know yes. he, he would say yes, yes, yes. If he got hit, he would go no. Oh, right. So he did kind of do it before Brian, although wow. in a completely different way. Mm. And now he's sat on NXT just, you know, commentating. What he's calling fucking Brad- J- Jason Alberts. Bradley Albert. Summers, whatever fucking. <laughs> Matt Blue. They turned a big wheel and the name just came out like, hey, this name came free with, free with this suit and this bowler suit. <laughs> Go commentate. 
Number 27 comes out. It's Brad from the Acolytes. The posse strike again. But unlike last time, Brad kills all three yeah. of them. Yeah. He goes straight for Road Dog. I yeah. thought, finally, we, you know, we're going to get this big thing. We don't really get anything. Not no. really. Did you see Pete Cass getting fucking killed when he's been eliminated? Yeah. His arm got caught in the rope going over. Oh, sore Jesus. as hell. Um, I've listened to some interviews with Pete Gass. Uh, Inside the Ropes did a great interview with uh, Pete Gass. It's just checking out. It's a really interesting look at wrestling at the time. They're involved with a few of the acolytes at the moment. And God, they get their shit knocked out of them. <laughs> you want to talk about chair shots. Oh my God. These guys got killed. Yeah, New Age Outlaws team up and uh, eliminate Bradshaw. And then they have a, the acolytes. Uh, Fruit comes back out. And they have kill a big, Have a big uh, scrap with uh, Main Street Posse in the aisle. Yeah, number 28 comes out. Chair! Kane! Kane eliminates Val Venus immediately. Number 29, and this is an odd pick, The Godfather. What's he doing this close to the end? I have no idea. It's random. It's like when Coach was number 30 one year. Fucking Coach weird. was 30? Yeah. Jesus. Oh, for fuck's sake. Hashtag ruthless aggression. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, do you remember when Batista fought Randy Orton? No. <laughs> Kane eliminates Prince Albert. Funaki comes out. Stop, he's already dead. <laughs> and we get another replay. I swear to God, we've seen Taka getting brained. Yeah. More time side than we've seen headlocks. I mean, yeah, swear definitely. to God. I do believe we get another... Uh... Yeah, they're Chinese. They're not. <laughs> they are <laughs> Japanese. He said he wants to see, they want to see another one of those Chinese replays. They got a Chinese they, replay? Do you get taken to a Chinese hospital? Because <laughs> he's Chinese. <laughs> What does it even mean? <laughs> it's a Chinese hospital. It's racist. It's so racist. Fucking hell, Jerry. Number three, X-Pac. Make some noise. <laughs> All right, and this now, it breaks down into insanity here. We yeah, just, it absolutely does. I felt not to criticize how someone wants to book their own Royal Rumble, but for me, it felt like we were building up to a, oh, someone's going to come in and clear this shit out. And I thought that might have been The Rock, and he didn't. I thought it was going to be... Maybe Kane and he didn't, or maybe it was gonna be Big Show and he didn't. We just get loads of guys just start deciding to eliminate each other now. Yeah. Yep. Al eliminates Bob. Big Show eliminates Godfather. Rock eliminates Al. Billy Gunn eliminates Road Dog. Jesus. Kane eliminates Billy Gunn. Like literally within the space of a minute, we go from like ten to four. Yeah. yeah. And I thought someone it's, could have gotten a nice yeah rub sloppy. from that. Like. We've 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 gone eliminated Road Dog. Is that some? Is there something to that? Though? No, it's just nah. like them being like they don't trust. You can't trust these. Uh, guys. New Age Outlaws are as tight as it gets, but obviously when it comes to the Royal Rumble, it's every man for himself. And of so. course, as well, hundred grand. <laughs> <laughs> don't forget that we're down to the final four. It's The Rock. The Big Show, Kane, and X-Pac. And I love that X-Pac is there. It's strange having X-Pac there. Well, cool. think about it. X-Pac has been feuding with Kane. Yeah. Yeah, and like they really stacked the deck so that you know X-Pac could win because obviously he's Triple H's close Bloody. friend. Like He's number 30. X-Pac gets sent flying by The Rock immediately, but the refs do not see it. He fucking planches over the top mm. rope. Oh, my God. But he manages to make his way back into the Sneaks ring. Sneaks back in again. Brilliant. Show and Kane go at it. And we got amazing just like... I don't know who's calling the action here, but it's great. Like, there's this load of shit going on at the same time. Uh, Kane slams the big show. Yeah. Impressive. Nice moment. Right after he does it, he's like staggering backwards, and Pac just comes with his running spin kick. X Pac eliminates Kane. That motherfucker. Although, I will say, this is supposed to be the one show we reviewed in like six months where X Pac hasn't hit a woman, so. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Swings and roundabouts, I suppose. More miracles. Show just like. <laughs> he gets the Bronco Buster. 
And Jim Ross is like, I never thought I'd see that maneuver performed in the big show. And then the X-Pac is like, yeah, I'm going to win. The big show's like, picks him up. like, no, you were small. <laughs> Gone. It's a big man's game, son. We're down to the final two. The Rock and the big show. The crowd is electric. People's elbow. And then The Rock goes to eliminate the big show. And he's just like, no. And he gives him the showstopper choke, Sam. They, they have the crowd in the palm of their hand here. Mm. Uh, big show, like, plays the crowd really well. I don't know, I think... Big Show has been facing heels so many times. Which one do you think he does better? Or at least from what we've seen so far. Well, just in the attitude area, yeah. heel, I would say. I think whiny heel Big Show is my favourite. Well, like you yeah. say, because, I mean, the job of a heel is to get heat by any means necessary. Yeah. And even though he's Whatever it takes. annoying, like, you know, he's still a heel. Yeah, and yeah. It's effective, so. He goes to, like, he picks Rock up. He's, like, pointing which corner he's going to eliminate him from. He throws the Rock over, but the Rock holds on. Big Show goes flying over. Here he goes! of the 2000 Royal Rumble and is going on to Wrestlemania 2000 yes rightfully so, so the, the people's choice won surprisingly well unsurprisingly it's going to be a little bit muddier and unclear than that did you know I mean did The Rock's feet touch the floor and question if his feet did touch the floor did, was it both feet because I <laughs> I just want to, you know, recap that that is one of the important rules. Yeah, the that's actually going to come into the... Uh, really? Into, into no way well, yeah. wow. Because the fact that um, Big Show comes back in and then throws him out again. That it's was him stupid. Being a cry baby, yeah, yeah. I, I, didn't, I didn't like that kind of sourness. Like, it should end with and, The Rock like, celebrating. Yeah, The Rock was like, if you smell The Rock is cooking, it was like, awesome. And the Big Show just threw him out and was like, I am a giant. Like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Curtains. That's Curtains. It, yeah. But you know what? There it is. Royal Rumble 2000. There were a couple of dud matches. There were two noticeable duds in this. And the bikini contest is like just a massive a drag. Yeah. Yeah. That being said, easy one of the best papers reviewed so far. Definitely. 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 Uh, what do you guys think of this one? Incredible like? show. Like just, it's you want to talk about the perfect combination of everything working so well. Just literally every little detail. The set design, the arena itself, the crowd was on top form. The fact they're bringing in ECW it's guys so and like using them properly. So accessible as well, isn't it? Yeah, this is a great launching pad for people to get into. You know what? As well. It was probably to the detriment that they went. They did the show the way they wanted to do it, to the extent that they fucked over their relationship with Channel Four and really maybe missed an opportunity to get, you know, good exposure for Ch for WWF in the UK. That yeah. being said, those of us who watched. I'm glad they didn't dial it back. They didn't dial it back because other yeah. people are like, fucking hell, that's amazing. Yeah. Probably sold us kind of sports subscription packages by yeah, fucking up true. with the, uh, the stuff in the middle there. What do you think of the pay-per-view, Billy? Absolutely incredible. It had all the different aspects and types of wrestling I enjoy done well. Yeah. I mean, we had the tables match, which was... Uh, it's, it's, uh, it's, I can't describe how excited I was during that match. And uh, the Rumble... The Rumble match itself was... I, I don't think it was... It was more by the numbers than last year. It was more year. by numbers. I think I enjoyed last year's more, but I still enjoyed this a lot. This was a... This, for me, was a perfect kind of... 
by the book rumble. This is a yeah. regular Royal Rumble. Yeah, you show someone up an example of a Royal yeah. Rumble, this would be it. Yeah. And then um, the street fight was absolutely phenomenal. Yeah. Match of the night MVP, Adam. Match of the night is easily without a doubt Triple H and Cactus Jack. Yeah. This one of my favourite matches of all time. Sorry, is there anyone of us who thinks that that's not match of the night? Uh, no, that's my match of the night. Yeah, okay, yeah. we can MVP then. Yeah, um, Cactus Jack, um, for the sole reason of, I mean, Triple H is also amazing in this. But like you said before, Mick Foley's been a little bit off in the few months before, uh, leading up to this. He's got back in shape, he put on a great show, and the reason I actually, you know, I'm putting him as my MVP is because usually when Mick Foley's in a big main event match or whatever, you don't see him on offense for like a good portion of the match. He's normally getting the shit knocked out of him. Yeah. His gimmick is he can take a beating and he'll still keep going. But in this, you actually see Cactus Jack in control for like a good 10 minutes in a row. It feels really like. put over the Cactus Jack. He really does strongly. feel like an absolute monster. It feels like he feels different. It's not just exactly. Like Foley it actually shirts. felt like a side of Foley I hadn't seen before because he was in control. He was the one doing the ass kicking yeah. for once. He was the one that was scary. What about you, Billy MVP? Exactly the same as yeah, I'm going to say the Jack same for the exact same reason. <laughs> well, that is going to do it for this edition of the Attitude Era podcast. Thank you very much for tuning in, and as always, if you're listening on iTunes, SoundCloud, or in Stitcher. Best way, of course, is subscribing to catch all our previous episodes. Leaving a rating or review is an incredibly helpful way to help us out here. That is, uh, thank you everyone who's left us reviews so far. We've like over 200 reviews on iTunes. Amazing. People saying, really, like, thanks so much for going out of your way, taking time to Genuinely warmed my heart. Really. It, yeah. it helps us out quite a bit yeah. uh, in terms of helping us go up the rankings, the giving us exposure, but it also makes us feel gooey inside. It, it, also, it also makes us feel uh, happy when we look at the charts and we see we're higher than Body Pipers. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> No, that's only new. Who'd he ever beat? <laughs> and also, though, we bet one of Steve Austin's podcasts. Yes, like, yeah. you know, I can't compete with Unleashed. I'm just saying it right now. That's like, too good. That's too good. But yeah, all right, as well. Also, you can always follow us on Twitter at AE Podcast, live tweeting Raw, live tweeting uh, pay per views. We are doing things like, you know, Chikara, which we managed to uh, cancel. Thank you very much, Leonard F. Chikara. Uh, give us a little shout out there yeah. on pay per view. That was a incredible moment yeah. for me. just to first have a selfish mark out moment here I think we all the three of us actually realised we enjoyed watching wrestling and talking about wrestling as friends through watching King of Trios in Chicago yeah. and this you know probably, we probably wouldn't be doing this it's, it's, over, it's, it's it? true yeah. so you know what if you are someone who loves wrestling and wants a viable alternative for WWF Chikara has just started back up it's fun it's insane if you, if you like the stuff we seem to like about wrestling and you happen to check them out Check out fucking Chikara, that's all yeah. I'll say. S uh, speaking of shout outs. Oh, yes. Now, mm. We had a, a message today and um, from a guy called Ricky Munoz. Or I don't know how to pronounce your name, uh, sir. But uh, he got a nice little message before we read it out. Is that, um, Thank you for letting us relive our childhood. My wife was in labour for 17 hours ago and I got to listen to uh, your podcast for most of those hours. Our baby girl was born at 6.33am and I remember that moment fondly along with the words I'm a giant <laughs> Armageddon in your imitation of Big Show. I can't tell you how many times she had to ask why I was laughing and how many times the nurses asked why I was so calm. Can you give a shout out to my wife Erica and our baby girl Anne Elizabeth. Keep up the great work. Greetings from Monterey, California. Well, that I've been humbled. Yeah. <laughs> so, Ricky, Erica, and Anna Elizabeth, thank you. That's very nice. I, that's I very nice feel of you. That, like, we were present at the birth of this. I feel like, you know, I, I don't want to say that you have to make me a godfather of the child, but like, I kind of think it would be a nice <laughs> night. Are you talking to me? <laughs> <laughs> For fuck's sake! <laughs> Fucking hell! And if you want to help us out monetarily, give back out a couple of dollars, rack around your pocket, head over to selfie.com forward slash AE podcast. 
or Beyond the Mat audio commentary is available for download. It is £3, which works out as around $5 US. Played alongside that classic wrestling documentary, Beyond the Mat. We've had rave reviews, everyone's got it so far, has really enjoyed it. We're going to be doing some more of them hopefully soon. Um, so check it out if you want to help us out, that is the best way to do it. If you like visual stuff as well, you can go to youtube.com forward slash podcast where you can finally put together some little clips from our favourite moments from episodes in the past. You can also find videos on our Vine account, which is linked to our Twitter that Kevin mentioned before. And if you like stuff and things, head over to botchamania.com. We've recently had a, a new post up there, which I believe is fully loaded, 99. End of an era, baby. End of an era. Uh, also, Calling Spots. Uh, new edition of Calling Spots is now. We've got a uh, article from Kevin about the Ultimate Warrior. It's my obituary for the Ultimate Warrior, and it was very difficult to write mm. because, um, I, yeah, that was a that was a complex issue. But, I just uh, want to give a shout out. The latest issue of Calling Spots is fucking amazing. Great, like, they've yeah. really done such a great job on this one. And new, new paper. Yeah. And yeah. I also believe there's a picture in there from uh, our uh, Adam Bivolo. Little, little drawing. Little there. picture. Put it out. Put it on your fridge. Little drawing. Go, it goes beside my my little writing that I did. My essay. Well, actually, you got this like really heartfelt obituary about Kevin. You know, you're you're coming to terms with Warrior's death, and you turn the page, and it's just a big scary picture of the Warrior that I drew. <laughs> Speak to me, Warriors. <laughs> well, that's gonna do it for me, Kevin. Me, Adam. And me, Billy. I will see you next time on the Attitude Era podcast, where it's gonna be no way out, and Cactus Jack's career is on the line. The prospect of seeing Mick Foley never wrestle again. Lol. <laughs> sure, I'll believe that. Here's the deal, here's the deal. Here's the deal, here's the deal. AE Podcast, three pound, three pound. AE Podcast, get some for yourself. AE Podcast, get your commentary. AE Podcast, get some for yourself. AE Podcast, feel what it's like. AE Podcast, three pound, three pound. AE Podcast, Get some for yourself. Get some for yourself. So go to Selfie, be what it's like. I don't need to lift no kettlebells. Get your commentary. Selfie.com. Feel what it's like. I don't need to lift no kettlebells. Get your commentary. Selfie.com forward slash AE podcast and get some for yourself. Selfie.com forward slash AE pod podcast. Oh, oh, hell. Selfie.